With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Greetings, Zogling, Wigger, Manza, Ass, Clowns, Across the Road, Does Zog, Plane here in the open air Coast Coast Nuthouse. We call Zog Babylon the third and the final, but this show, as always, is aimed at the lost and the found sheep of the house of Israel, ye chosen seed of Israel's race, ye who did hear Christ's call. Greetings. This is what, episode number 279.5 of the movement turd. Tonight is what, the 28th of May, 2015, and it is what, about 10. 15 or so p.m., what I do is I start open the chat room uh, a little bit before 10 o'clock p.m. my time. So that gives plenty of time for people to show up to do their little chit-chat, do whatever they want to. I don't have any music right on because I have listened again. Every time I listen to the raw footage, it's awful. It's very bad, and uh, neither cell phone nor especially not Skype pick up on the music. So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to re-engineer the show to where you add the music, you add the rest here, and you make it sound good. Now, occasionally, uh, we'll have people call in, like Dewey Tucker. Uh, He called in uh, last week. We were talking. We were talking about what went on at the National Alliance headquarters. But I'm going to go ahead and talk about my monologue. Uh, What happened is that Brian Real, the little Manzer from Mentor, Sword Manzer, Pastor Lynn says after you, Sword Manzer, you be trannies, you, you, you through. Anyway, I was li- I was looking at that. And what this little Mongol has put to a fine art is filing motion after motion after motion after motion. And the previous motion is when he claims he got the right to decide what is relevant in discovery. Now, he doesn't want to give discovery. The reason he doesn't want to give give discovery is that what he has done by filing a bogus Digital Millennium Copyright Act after another, after another, after another is illegal because if you are swearing something under penalty of perjury, you could go to prison as a result. One of the penalties of perjury supposedly is prison. Now, that ain't really the case. Uh... Hell, we have nothing but perjury. Uh, you know, David Lane called the uh, U.S. court system a perjury circus here. But you know, there is that sort of thing here. And what I did is I went to the next to the next to the last minute. I did get it out tonight. It's going to Springfield. I'm hoping that they will sort it out so I don't have to drive to Springfield tomorrow. But if it does, you know, if it does, it does. It's sort of messed up here. Two-day delivery on priority mail that where it gets to uh, Cleveland, same time as it you know, gets delivered, 
in Springfield, but it should be it should be there tomorrow. But on the other hand, I'll be looking in around ten ten thirty, you know. And one time, one time last month we had a uh, well, we had a uh, mail error to where hell they didn't even sort the damn thing; they just let sit, even those priority mail. So okay, all right, yes, man, you have fun. So anyway, I was printing out something from when Brian Real was gloating about taking a small web page of mine called ChristianNationalist.net. Took it right off and there was this there was this one you know, there was one free organization called first um you know first hyphen amendment.net. And they had asked for me to be on there and what they what they were looking is that they were looking for somebody who knew some of the material especially the Christian identity material, looking for me to uh, essentially look over it and moderate for them for Solar General. And what happens, I was going to do that, but here comes Brian Real, and uh, what he does, what he does, I find this out, uh, the 27th of January, 2011, is that here I am talking to these liberals who want to play around with free speech, racist speech, white supremacy speech, Chris Sandini on solargeneral.com.org.net. And all of a sudden, just 10 minutes before the show starts, I get a instant message to where, hey, the Mamser, the Mamser took down your webpage. We had to do it. Why? Well, uh, first, hyphen amendment.net didn't do a dang thing. They didn't believe his bogus uh, DMCA, you know, and other complaints. He, 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 what he would do is this Mongol is relentless. It is a serpent seed mo- Mongol abomination. It's just plain. I mean, I've never seen a more, you know, I mean, I don't think Fink is even that vicious. But anyway, guy tells me if the character went to their back, you know, to their backbone, and set them on there, so you have racist material. But you have a choice: you can take down ChristianNationals.net with two megabyte of material, or you can take down it all, Solar General, White Nationalist Tube, everything. If you don't. And Brian Rio, he doesn't want to live because he's, you know, he doesn't want to live with the fact that he gets so much hatred. I remember he took down, all, you know, he took down my talk shoe page, and you Nimbuster Tars just had a shit fit about it. And uh, heck, he was just laying scared. He was scared he would be loaded up in a car, and he would be loaded up in a car, and like I used to. You know, Joe he used to have an argument with Russ Walker is that Russ Walker thought he was a cowardly piece, you know, piece of shit, but who would go postal. And there was. Buck McHugh had a little three-minute clip to where Brian Real claimed, I'm going to gun them all down. Okay. Well, I, I, I thought is that one of these days he would be found. Oh, about a month. He disappeared a month or so later. There would be a skinned-out mongrel. He finally be you know looks sort of like a skinned out white man, although he's a little shit skinned mongrel. But you know his uh, you know his little lady stick would be found in his mouth here, and he'd be found in a dumpster, and nobody'd find the pelt. And the character was listed to that. This is when he took down Nimbusters for the second or third time as well at the same time. 
And, oh, he's got much hatred. But anyway, anyway, he put up here. He gloated on thanks, you know, on his little pathetic little blog on thanks forum is that hey, go to FirstAmendment.net, even if there, you know, copyright violations, whatever. He's gloating. But over on the Pincer Possum, they start this sword brethren appreciation thread. And over on Obagender Bender, you know, Brian Rio, he's gloating about it too. Saying the same words. And here's Obagender Bender. You know, the, you know, I, I know the critter. I know the critter is a mongrel serpent seed gender bendering faggot here. The critter can't show its face here. Folks, if you look at something or they refuse to show what they look like, be it John Britton, be it Obergender Bender, be it any of it here, there's a reason they don't want you seeing them. Jeremy Visser found out that Obergender Bender was Robert Hancock because he filed a DMCA complaint against uh, Obergender Bender, against Obergender Bender's uh, server on hostmonster.com, which is a Jew-run outfit. I know, because I got kicked off of uh, Hostmonster. Thanks first in March 2010 by by Sword Mamser Mike Delaney, and then in November, and I'm looking I'm looking at shit from back then. So anyway, he was gloating about that, and so were these so-called CI dentists here, Eli James. Uh, he went ahead supposedly excommunicated me around Halloween for the great crime of finding out Brian Reel's real name. What did he look like? He had this guilt-licking fat card, Greg Howard. Now, folks, they act like that because they are Jews. They act like that because they're serpent seed. I agree with Dewey is that it's, it's, it's a difference from lying here, if it's a protective lie, as opposed to deliberate deception. John Britton gave me deliberate deception. Oh, come on. And take yourself back into the nut house. Well, come on, Jeremy. Yeah, welcome, Jeremy. Uh, folks, you're not being censored. I just censored what? Old Marty Chomo. Tell me, give it a new name here. You didn't bust retards. Why, hey, you turn sort of vicious every so often. But in any case here, works 198 hours a month. Well, that's good for Tonto. I'm glad Tonto has some work. I mean, hell. Got to take care of four squaws and six daughters and three sons, even though you've abandoned a lot of them here, especially Cody. You know, Cody, I think, is the only one. Is the only one who sort of feels sort of hurt to not be paid attention to by daddy. I mean, hell, most of the girls and the boys, why, they grow up and they go out like, uh, oh, Hispanic uh, Jews and beaners and niggers and whatever, and they don't really miss daddy. They'll miss daddy. They miss his money, but they'll miss daddy. But in any case, call in and ask here, who is Marty Chomo? That's a nimbus retard. Has Virgil been back to talk today? Uh, Virgil was in on a special movement turd, and Virgil was drunk. And when we started the show, he said he wasn't Virgil drunk. I said, what's Virgil drunk? Where, you know, Virgil says, well, why pass out? Well, I said, okay, that's when you essentially 
you've drunk so much that your problems breathing here. You know what I mean? You just pass out. That's virtual for you. Oh, yeah. So we went for about an hour. And Virgil got Virgil drunk after the half hour. He's trying to call you up. You can call and swap him if you want here. That's fine. Any case, uh, so here it was here, and I'm looking at this shit from four, over four years ago, and I am printing it out. Well, guess what? Uh, the uh, the toner cartridge and the copier sort of wears out, but luckily I bought five of them. And the, I run out of toner just as I'm printing the one, and I get it out at 4 o'clock, and I get the thing sent out to Brian Real and his daddy and the U.S. Circuit Court, and I get sent out by 4.30, so it's heading to Springfield, and then it's heading on to Cleveland, and I filed two motions. Now, what Brian Real does is that he was lying like crazy. He was lying like crazy, in that, essentially, he claims to be a great—he claims to be a great legal scholar, something like that. And I was looking to where, oh, he called up January sixteenth. I'd put up—I'd put up to where don't call me until February, don't call me until a month later, and we'll do Rule Twenty Six when Brian Real supposedly claimed that he was MP3ing it here. Well, I was too. And what he did is he went and lied to the uh, to the U.S. magistrate judge, and the magistrate judge set the schedule on. Well, Brian Reels claimed that since he lied and fooled the U.S. magistrate judge, he gets to determine the path to discovery. His problem is, is he doesn't want to give any discovery, because if he gives discovery, he's been committing a number of perjury felonies. It is illegal to claim that someone is violating your copyright just because you took a picture or you posted their public Facebook page. Folks, how much of an Internet would you have if every little shit-skin mongrel and every little faggot claimed, oh, no, he put up my Facebook public profile. That's a violation of my copyright. No, hell, it's been... It's been established that that's not a copyright violation. Hell, you had some uh, character called uh, Michael Crook and Tencent Monkeys versus Crook in 2006. Hell, you can't do that. Now, there's another there's another case which was decided in March of this year, to where you had some little some they were anti fags or like Brian Rio, he's anti fa or anti racist. Uh, you know, pretty well, they just wanted to talk about how they were against homosexuality, and that's fine. But what happens is that here they are, they're interviewing some liberal asshole in England, and he quotes them correctly. So they file a DMCA complaint because, guess what, he talked to them. And they quoted him accurately, but no, you're violating my copyright. This is in England. So, hey, this guy is on WordPress.com. So WordPress.com decides to take the case, decides to go ahead and actually say, hey, we can't have every little faggot or anti-faggot pretend, you know, faggot pretend to be an anti-faggot, just like Brian Rio was an anti-racist, pretending it used to be a racist here. He's sort of, 
And I'm sort of hoping the little bastard, uh, old uh, Finn Faggot, went ahead and said that he was, uh, he was, uh, oh, going back smoking weed and opium and LSD or whatever here. In case here. Uh, oh, Angloon, a free web server? He refused. He wants to lie about how much it costs. Uh, folks, I don't think Angloon writes his material. I think the daily, the daily spermer is actually the daily Jewer. Sort of like, sort of like Trader Glenn Miller's book. That was bullshit. I mean, it was written by Trader Glenn Miller. Go ahead and look what Trader Glenn Miller posts on BNN. You know, I mean, he sounds just like a drunken, lumpy, malungeon engine, which is what he is here. You know, his white man squeaks out here. Uh, it wasn't written by Trader Glenn Miller. Uh, what? You know, Finkelstein's New Talmud uh, translation? Those are in my bank. I mean, one of the things is that, hey, uh, Dan Johns, Dan Johns, Eli James, the Pisser Possum, everybody knows about this lawsuit. Everyone knows about this lawsuit. Now you can see it for yourself here. So anyway, where am I at here? You know, the Coke Marty Show. <laughs> anti-Jew, anti-Mamser. Okay, so I'm looking at this thing, and I printed out. I printed out six exhibits showing that Brian Real took a, you know, took a, you know, took one of my websites. It was the last one I had up that was public at the time. He taken he just gone on a rampage starting November. And Eli James was supposedly part of it. I mean Eli James claim he's just mad because we took down all his web pages. Now later on, Brian Real, a couple of years later, Brian Real whined like a pussy a, you know, Eli James was supposed to t- you know, take down my web page and be pussied out because his real name isn't Eli James, it's Joseph November or whatever the hell it was before Joseph November or whatever it is this week or something like that. So, hey, I got, you know, I got plenty of Brian Real material to where he is essentially, you know, he's gloating. He's gloating about taking my web pages down. So is Obed Gingerbread, St. Sword Brother, and the Pistol Pops and the rest here. Now, do these people really believe in what they claim to believe? And the answer is no. Folks, I don't bother. I don't bother taking down Sword Mamser's pathetic blog. I don't bother trying to take down Michael Schnee's pathetic or, you know, collection of uh, bullshit, mainly no devil bullshit. He has Bertrand Compare and Wesley Swift up there so we can pretend he is a good side of Chris identity material. Or is there line of identity material? But no, he just he just plays a little game here. He's not for real. Johnny Tonto Britain and Buck Bikir, they were whining like pussies. Why don't you see your problems with so Brian Real as you did your pussy? I said, Why don't you see Brian Real? Why don't you see Brian Real? Brian Real, you know, Brian Real screwed you and rubbed you out of half a million dollars. Why, you, you know, why don't you see Brian Real? Well, I'm looking at the emails and I'm seeing that Brian Real knows that Buck McHugh can't be trusted, but he is using Buck McHugh to stir up shit. I found out that the old, old nigger lips, 
didn't actually kill this Catherine Williams down South Carolina like I thought he does. Now, you got to realize that Brian Real is not a common name. But it was, you know, I found out, oh, oh, I think sometime in 2014, I was looking up Brian Real, and guess what? He is on Facebook. Oh, lips. Nope, nope, nope. It's a different Brian Real. Lives in Spartanburg, you know, South Carolina. And he drove the same year and the same make, Toyota Land Cruiser, you know, in 2003, when he killed Catherine Williams. In Spartanburg. The fuck? Brian Real didn't actually kill Catherine Williams. Well, hell, I, I go ahead and say, as a shit, I was using a cat's mom on Buck McHugh, and I'm not too surprised by it. And I'm glad that Buck McHugh occasionally comes in and tells me some stuff here. But I don't trust Buck McHugh. I don't trust Johnny Tonto. Johnny Tonto is essentially a second rate, you know, he's essentially a third grader at best, whose brother, whose bro, you know, whose father, Rufus, Rufus the Doofus Britain, was essentially older than Newman Britain, but he didn't know how to speak. You know, Newman was the speaker, just like, uh, you know, John Britton's grandfather, Newman, you know, Newman and Rufus Britton's daddy was the, was the Pentecostal linthead Anglo Macizo from what, Muskogee or actually Ottawa County from my heart here. Rufus the Dubas didn't know how to speak. He tried, he, he just couldn't, you know, he, he joined. Dewey Tucker's news, and, you know, hey, like Dewey Tucker says, uh, he came in with Newman when Newman, you know, had to leave because he married a, a squaw named Sally. You know, Rufus left with Newman. John Britton, John Britton's total life is wrapped up in who he wants to be. He wants to believe he's what the Earl of Richmond and uh, Johan Kabato's cabin boy, and you know raped uh, Charlemagne's sister and spawned Rowan. He wants to believe all this happy horseshit. You know, and really, I guess I mean, you know, why isn't it? You know, I mean, why in the world get down on someone? Who's freaking delusional? Like, uh, you know, Bruce Howard. He's schizoid. He's a nut. He's fucked up in the head. He's a high-functioning nut, but he's fucked up. He ain't autistic. Autistic people don't look for old pussy to marry. Hell, they only look for young pussy to marry. Schizoids? Well, hey, good Lord. This woman is 50 years different, age different from me. Yeah, I've come a fly on down to Australia. It's $2,700. I'm going to get me something. This hell is, you know, right now at the time. Why, well, hey, this, this particular personality thinks it's better than Grease Knothole. Okay. <laughs> Do I dislike Bruce Howard? No. Bruce Howard is fucked up in the head. He'll be buddy buddies with me. You know, one minute. And then five, ten, fifteen, twenty, half hour, a day, whatever. He'll turn on me. 
You know, that's why old Virginia Bear won't have anything to do with them. That's why old Fink won't have anything to do with them. Me, I'm I'm far more forgiving. I really, you know, I, I I've had my sister say, "Mark, you're so unjudgmental." And the answer is, "Oh, I'm highly judgmental." It's just that for most, you know, but I love my sister. Now my brother, he he you know he's ate up. I was I was planting I was planting some tomato plants I'd grown from seed in the tomato patch down the hovel, along with some corn. Here it comes by. Here you just have to yap, 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 yap. He's ate up. He's ate up. Well, I may promise you, you know, that you get, you know, you get half of my half when Mom died, but that was where you sued me here. You know, you owe me $200 on this car. Well, no, I don't. That wasn't the agreement. The agreement you keep on making up here. My brother is ate up. He's actually trying to tell me that me and my sister killed my mom because she was scared to death. Come back home to Missouri. Well, no. Who scared her to death? You did. I mean, he can say, like when we're driving out South Dakota, I think you ought to pay some of this here expense and bring your mom back home, mom's body back home to South Dakota. I said, if she'd been at the farm, here, I tell you what, I'd give you 86 cents. That'd be, you know, I mean, that would be my share of the gasoline to take her from Granby Cemetery a half, you know, a half mile, or from the Granby uh, funeral home a half mile to the, uh, what, oh, the cemetery, yeah, I, 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 I owe you about, what, 86 cents, maybe a dollar. It's your great idea to bring her 800 miles. You could, you know, stash her in your, you know, stash her out on the Lone Prairie in Midland, South Dakota, 800 miles away from her home in Newton County. So you could go ahead and embezzle her estate. Here was me and Susan here who want her to linger another 10 or 12 or 17 years. You know, my brother takes after the size of the family. And there are some people in your family who can be, who can be evil. But my brother, he has to justify it. He's not, he's not serpent seed, but he has to justify it. He's ate up. So I talked to him. Talk to him. I got tired of this was bullshit, so I pulled out the MP3 recorder and started recording the goofy bastard. So, man, oh, he ran off. So, anyway, that is what we have in this country. If all these characters pretend to be something that they're not, hell, I think the Linsteads. They came from southwest Sweden here and, you know, Helsingborg and Scania. You know, they were more likely geats, G-E-A-P-S. I think that the Linsteads and I think the Svensson, Swenson, Samuelsons were really, when you come down to it, they were peasants. They were just farmers. They were just people who, oh, lived on the land. 
and that's what they did. You know, I mean, the Schmitz, I mean, you know, I mean, my, I know my great-grandfather, Walter Schmidt. I don't know him here. He died at Sedan <laughs> on the very first Sedan day in 1870. Corporal Walter Schmidt did. I don't know, I don't know how he couldn't have seen that coming. <laughs> so I want to see people who know a great, great grandfather. And I know my great grandfather, you know, Ernst Schmidt. And my favorite grandparent, you know, Emma Ella May Schmidt Linstead used to tell about the wonderful times they had homesteading. You know, I mean, Linsteads came to Wessington Springs in 1884, and the Schmitz came to Alpena, South Dakota, in eastern South Dakota in 1884. And Svensons came in 1863, ready to take his chances. And the Osbournes were there a long time. Old Jenny was telling about her father here, who got a GAR pension because a mule kicked him down the well here and thus he managed to sleaze his way into a GAR, Grand Army of the Republic, pension for the rest of his life. So he named his youngest daughter the most, you know, you know, meanest of the lot. Meaner than, you know, meaner than Annie who married a Jew. She moved to Nebraska and found herself a Jew to marry. Oh, Elsie was, you know, Elsie was the nicest of the lot. Clinton was pretty nice, you know, Clinton Osborne. Of course, when he was young, he, uh, he had to serve six months in the uh, Sully County Workhouse for stealing pigs. You know, I mean, look, the... Look, <laughs> Sam, I, I come from a long line of Swedes and Germans, you know, Prussians. Who raised pigs, killed pigs, ate pigs, and we're not talking about finkelstein Jew pigs, we're talking about four legged pigs. We we uh we did love we did love eating the pork. And some of them stole pigs here. <laughs> but after after the humiliation of having to work in the Sully County workhouse like Clinton straightened up. He became a model citizen. It was still talked about, and old Jenny just couldn't uh, just couldn't help but uh, you know uh, you know uh, yap shit about uh, yap shit about her younger brother who stole pigs. But hey, folks, uh, you know these people, these people by and large like their lives, like their lives as farmers. In eastern South Dakota, and then some of them went West River, and they couldn't farm as much, sort of dry, you know, West River. And so they raised cattle. And occasionally got along and ate skunk and dog with the Indians so that they could get cattle leases here. And they enjoyed their lives. 
Well, my Gary, you Google up the name of Winstead, and you have rather high-quality peasantry is what you have here. No, they're not nobility. What happens is that they might become junior officers or senior enlisted. You know, I mean, shoot, somewhere, you know, somewhere between an average of 120 and 100 IQ. You know, on the high normal side, but, you know, not super geniuses. Sometimes I wonder. You know, I mean, I am fearsomely intelligent. Hear all this stuff. Well, he used his intelligence to serve Zog. Well, yeah. I remember in Hebrews about how Moses didn't want to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, and neither do I. What's the point to it? You only get one life. Why must you go and live it with your mouth and your tongue up Zog's asshole? There's no way to live. So here I am. Dealing with about the most distasteful, evil, vicious, satanic mongrel I've ever, ever in 20-some years in the bowel movement. I've seen some rather repellent people like Liar Bill Mumpsnut the Clueless here. Rather, you know, the character has all the characteristics of a dog except loyalty. This serpent sea, satanic mongrel, runs around 18 fucking and count them. Bogus lawsuits in what? Lake County, Ohio. Seven or eight. Seven or eight. And yes, Brian Rear should worry. I'm going to be paying to get this stuff up, and it's going to be up there. He's, you know, he's whining like a pussy because, yes, pursuing me, you know, which he can't, but, you know, he's trying to, for $10 million because nobody in the pig life department will hire this little mongrel cocksucker? Well, fuck that. Why would anybody want to hire such a satanic, evil, repellent, vicious creature? Certainly not anybody with dollars, and certainly not anybody with cents. So where I am I here? Uh, I discovery. What was my? <laughs> I'll go ahead and unmute you, Tars here. And man, heck, uh, I'll get done with that. Uh, MSNBC. Uh, no, they don't. Let's see. You're John Britton. Well, okay. He's only, I mean, yeah, why, hey, the epistles of Tonto, the epistles of Tonto, Tonto. Hell. I haven't even brought up, I haven't even brought up, although I did bring up, is that, hey, Brian Real, Brian Real. Accused, by the way, Brian Rio accused me of them Frankenwigger videos. Remember Castle Frankenwigger figure where they are, where the evil Frankenwigger 
wearing a husky mask saying, Brian, Rio, Brian, Rio, is going to torture Brian Rio's cat while you have a picture of Brian Rio with a, with a dick nose. <laughs> has, a big old, has a big old penis nose here. <laughs> Brian, Rio, and, you know, puppy the cat said, meow, 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 meow. <laughs> I don't know how the hell that that Dimbuster Tard managed to get uh, the kitty cat to go meow, but may who knows? So anyway, <laughs> Brian was accusing me of being the evil Frankenwigger. So I went ahead and told the judge, "Is it shit? Ain't me. It's a Dimbuster Tard who took the name Frankenwigger from this little proposed short story to where." Frankenwigger, Frankenwigger, he's just he's just he's just tarred like old Bruce Howard, but you know he's smarter than Bruce Howard, but you know, and he's more sane than Bruce Howard, who isn't? But <laughs> Frankenwigger, he, you know, he comes across a Estrakikis who works at the sperm bank, and she sucks his wanger here, you know, gives him a blowjob. You know, the Jewish kiss here gives him a blowjob and sucks up all the seed here. Come, 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 come. And then when when uh, Frankenwigger leaves, she spits it out, and Frankenwigger finds out. Victor von Frankenwigger finds out that he's descended from Phineas. He is. He didn't know it. You know, I mean, his daddy, his daddy has said, you must kill them 666 kiklings you inadvertently spawn thanks to getting all these blowjobs at the sperm bank from the Estrakikis. You must cack the Estrakikis and the 666 little Jew Michelins that you have. Because you are of the line doo-doo of Phineas. <laughs> Probably Brian Reels going to listen to this. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so, so what happens is I was going to propose to have a story to where old Frankenwinger, aided by his sister, you know, his sister, who is also of the line of Phineas, they wander, they wander the Zog land, looking to kill, you know, kill ugly, hose-nosed mischlings who have been inadvertently Spawned by Frankenwigger. See, Frankenstein is a Jew, but Frankenwigger is an Aryan Israelite. Wigger! Frankenwigger. So, anyway, old, the old Frankenwigger, uh, he, he, he seemed that he was just tickled by it. So, he, you know, he took the name of Frankenwigger. So, I remember Poopy Dog used to get pissed off at Frankenwigger because Frankenwigger was far more. Frankenwigger was far more of a Nimbus retard than he ever was a CI dentist. Okay? <laughs> Poopy Dog is a two legged, you know, the two legged one. Takes CI dentistry probably far more serious than I do sometimes. Yeah, which is good. Which is good. I think I think it's good that there's somebody keeping me on my toes. May not like it. 
sometimes, sometimes you need a wingman who will keep you on the straight and narrow. Whenever you're having a little coarse, you know, difference here, folks, I found out that those who have morals and those who have sense even actually look for criticism, even look for, oh, someone saying that you aren't doing right. If you really are an aware, self-aware, real human being of the line of Adam, It may not feel too good, but it's far better to have a little bit momentarily discomfort. A feeling you ain't you know, you ain't on the right track and get a little bit of reproof. So you can get back on course. There is to get in uncharted moral territory where you're in the wrong. It really is. And when you see some creatures pretend to be us here who have no idea of how to act, grab my think. You liar, Jesus, Stalin, Cuts, Putts, November, Goldstein, whatever. Nigger lips. Dan Jobs, the cut nut Ashkenazi. I mean, the lying, piss, you know, shit-eating pisser possum. These critters, they don't have a course director. I mean, they're, you know, they're not a missile. They don't have a guidance system. They're just a fucking loose round. Loose round them, mams are dumb, and kike them. So, oh, I've had quite a monologue here. Well, this is, I guess this is sort of from the heart here. Anyway, I was feeling, well, I was feeling... Every time you I deal, have to deal, and folks, I, I probably should deal with the critter immediately, and I'll grant the critter, what the critter has done is that after the April 22nd counterclaims to where I reprinted that uh, piece, you know, by Eli James called me a child molester that uh, old nigger lips had on his blog provided by Finkelsheeny. What happens is that he sent three quick ones, you know. And what he does, he just files this bogus shit. You go look; it's not just me. He'll he'll go ahead and file all this bogus shit. Motion to strike. Motion, motion to not allow anybody to say what I don't like to hear. Motion for sanctions. Motion for summary judgment on behalf of Mongrel. You know, lawsuit number six. Why, hey. You know, the you know, this guy he's being messed with Brian Real by whatever he's I need to call him. Have him tell us all about this vicious critter because he lives in the same county as Brian Real. And of all the things here, he finally ends up having to hire a lawyer. Two of them. I think I think one lawyer got overwhelmed by the serpent seed of that evil mongrel. But, you know, the lawyer did get a restraining order against old nigger lips and also got, you know, tried to have old nigger lips committed. 
You know, that didn't quite pass. But I think your restraining order gives nigger lips. So, folks, this isn't evil, 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 evil place here. I went down to city council meeting. Now, this mayor, the goofy bastard, you know, he has problems with sewer line, but he's fixing them out. Now he wants to deal with people in grass. Yep. He wants people to fix up their properties so that they're, they will have a higher property value, so their taxes will be higher, so they can go ahead and pay more property tax into the city of Granby, I guess, here. Well, him and I, afterwards, we got into it. I told him that bitch Donna Fullerton, she had the same idea here, but guess what? I said, I not always sue Donna, I'd sue her little meerkat, too. After enough people have to get engaged in litigation, not protected by the city insurance company, guess what? There is a you know, there is a demand for a regime change here. Really, when it comes down to it, I don't care whether or not it's a dictatorship. You have to have the vast majority of the people to where ah, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit who rules over me. Yeah, he's a piece of shit, but I don't care. I have beer. I have pussy. I have yellow shoes. I'm a warm place to shit. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But when you go ahead and tell them that, hey, I'm going to teach all these people how to cut five weeks at a time and say they're making progress. You know, I was talking about my friend. I think he's dead now. He used to drive He used to drive the code officer of the People's Republic of Columbia, the most liberal, wigger, faggot city in Missouri. It's the home of the University of Sodom. I mean, Columbia, Missouri at Sodom. I mean, Columbia. I used to call Columbia Sodom, I used to call Jupiter City Gomorrah. The cities of the floodplain. Now, my sister-in-law, she loved, she loves Sodom Gomorrah. She's like Lot's wife. But, you know, unlike Lot's wife, she didn't look back and get turned into salt. But unlike Lot's wife, she also adopted a three-year-old miglet who grew up to beat her, you know, to beat her ass. You know? <laughs> I knew it was that. Ah! But, <laughs> where am I at here? Did you drop out of school? Uh, yeah. <laughs> he, went on to co- he went to college, actually. But, well, I have a GED. And 10, 11 years, I stayed in a Holiday Express here with Roxy and the two oldest of my grandkids. How's that? Stayed at a Holiday Inn Express and went up to college. Got a GED. How's that here? We need a Catholic dispensary. Is a sensory cake? Yes. Okay. Yeah, 17 dropped out here. Say the show. Hello, Bruce Howard. 
Well, that's good here. <laughs> uh, to the GP, okay, I guess that's general. And my blood pressure is BMI. Okay, we're good, too. Well, hey, well, how's the... Uh, How's the how's the uh, blushing Mary Wacker doing? No, any any problem with the uh, you know with the interaction with the electric fence? So indicate well Amber Alert on my smartphone. That's good here. You you says very few boy. I mean where is it? Where is that damn? Where is that damn seventeen? I would I would censor that. I would censor that cocksucker if I could. You know, 17, you ran off before I could censor you. All right. <laughs> well, hey. Hey, 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 Bruce. Old slot in my good Catholic. And she's in her 50s. That would be only, what, about 30-year age difference? Uh, we could we could make it happen. Miracles can happen, can happen to you. Publishers Clearinghouse, the place where dreams come, 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 come true. Anyway, where was I here? <laughs> okay, alrighty here. I'm seeking older women. Well, you can you know, you can find some slot in my hair. Uh, he's a tax protester here. Let's. <laughs> 17, you chicken shit. You laugh. You laugh like a bang. You're a drive truck and talk on the phone and drinking booze here. Well, good Lord. That's good. It's good. Of course, supposedly you hybrid niggers. You hybrid niggers got, supposedly got, you know, uh, talking and drinking and driving down to a fine art. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, in any case, yeah, I, I go, oh, right. Well, that's good. Uh, you know, uh, guest number five, you are impersonating poor old Brewster. All righty here. All righty. Well, she's skinny. That's not, and she's young, too. She's a little bit older than you. I mean, heck. Well, she's a couple of years older than me. Well, she's she was born on December 29th, and I was born on December 25th. So there is a four-day period where she's only a year. You know, only a year, supposedly older than me, as opposed to a year, 11 months, three weeks, and three days older than me. Okay. Do 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 I I I know seventeen seventeen? Seventeen, you're guest number twenty one. I know it here. You're fucked. Anyway, folks, we're gonna go ahead and take a break. Maybe Bruce will call in. Uh I'm gonna go ahead and take a uh you know short break. Maybe old slotting mum will call in and we can just have a real good tar time here. Flintstones, Flintstones, beat the Flintstones. Babe, modern post-age, Jew-boy family, from the town of Bedcock, there's a place right out in her story, dee 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 
They will crackle in the pack, whatever the fuck that means. And they will have to stay out for the night when you're with the Flintsteins. Have a juba dabba do time. We'll have a Jew time. We'll have a gay come, 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 all time. So anyway, <laughs> well, that's not very nice. That's not very nice here. I think I'll unmute guest number 21, even though I think it used to be guest number 17, and I'll unmute guest number 22. So we're going to go ahead and take a break, ass clowns. So when we come back, maybe I will have a couple real live cards on the line. Hail Victory. When you're with the Flintstones, have a jabba jabba
Catholics, we would have freedom. Oh, come on, Slaptima. You're so full of shit. No, no, she ain't a whining Jew. She's a whining, she's a whining Polakas, hibernigris Catholic. Same thing. Anyway. <laughs> Okay, well, <laughs> all righty. Well, I was hoping somebody call in. I was hoping Slopsomai and Bruce would call in and dooby dooby doo. Do 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 Dee, 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 dee. Wondering if it's tight. What were the chances? Wait, <laughs> three, that's why. She's a 70 year old. Yes, yes. That reminds me. I think I'm the real Jew. I don't think so. Finkel, she knows he's a real Jew. Here, he's trying to lie. The liar's a real Jew, but he's trying to lie too. All right. Old just got a little bit hot. All righty. All righty. Good, good. What are you eating, Morty? I'm eating me a ice cream sandwich. And drinking me folders well. Okay? <laughs> okay. Well, you know, I mean, are you sneaking behind Alice's back? Better be careful. There is a one ear dingo who is an agent of Yahweh. You don't want, you do not want, you know, Bruce, you do not want the one-year dingo to take off from chasing over gender bender, chasing over gender bender, uh, <laughs> sort, of like the, sort of like the crocodile chases Captain Hook here. Well, years ago, when Obergender Bender was, well, younger, youngish, when he was working in the Alice Springs Lori lot to pay, you know I mean? It wasn't rich like Bruce Gender, you know, Jenner. Did I say gender? Jenner. And it wasn't a Kardashian. And what happens is it had its severed manhood in a, in a glass jar. You know, just pickle. It has pickle in grass jar. And the one-eared dingo. Dingo's are smart critters. The one-eared dingo used a rock like a tool to break the jar, to break the glass jar and ran off in the night with Obergender Bender's pickle. And it liked old Obergender Bender, a.k.a. Robert Hancock, so much, it liked the taste of that. So what it has done is is following. It is following. Robert Hancock, a.k.a. Obergender Bender, Pistol Poopter Possum 666, is following the Poopter Possum to Melbourne. I imagine there are dingoes 
then goes up, up that little bastard. My little black bastard managed to get into the house there. Huh? He managed to open the door, woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, hey. Of course, my my woman hunting skills are sort of sadly atrophied. I didn't exercise them after I found Moan Pupster, Roxy. I will, my dear. <laughs> well, you know, 23, you are not very nice. So, let me finish off my ice cream sign for it, Melts. You can bust the target, just so mean. Speaking of which, you know, guest number 23 and guest number 15. If you're so damn smart, how come you don't have an old lady? Huh? I know damn well. I know damn well. If you, if you were able to have, you have a woman, she would, she would insist. And you would pay attention to her, and you would not be calling into the show. Slopma is on the show because she ain't getting that. Okay? Bob Brucefer, he's on the show because he ain't getting that. Guest number 23 and guest number 15, they are listening to the show because, A, they're Nimbus retards, and, B, they ain't getting that. You know, none of you, none of you tards are fooling anybody, all right? Okay? <laughs> Sorry, tard. <laughs> okay, here. Why don't you make your marriage legal, Marty? Uh, Michelle, Michelle, it's legal enough for me. What's that? Okay. Uh, you just wonder... Well, what happens is that Roxy is a bride of Zog. How's that? And we're a crowd of beaners. Yes, 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 yes. Well, because I'm trying to convert you, Marty, yes. Uh, But I don't know. I mean, I think the Linsteads have been, you know, uh, non-Catholic sometime around probably, I think, about... 1525. Now, of course, they were they were what I called Easter Lutherans, so sort of like Fred Linstead. I think Fred Linstead was in a Lutheran church well, at least three times in a Lutheran church. I think he was baptized in a Lutheran church. He was married in a Lutheran church sometime in 1918. And he was buried in a Lutheran church sometime around, what, oh, 1991. He lived to be 95 or 96. I think he was, I think he was, uh, 
maybe he might even been buried. So maybe he only went, you know, but I think he was married and baptized into Lutherans. He was what I call Easter Lutheran. Well, he wasn't even Easter Lutheran. He didn't go. I I never rec- recollect Fred Linstead ever going to any church. Ever. I mean, you know, uh, you know, he put up with you know Emma Linstead, his wife, uh, being a Mormon and with the Worldwide Church of God. But he liked his caffeine, and he liked his tea, and he liked his. Uh, you know, home rolled, homemade cigarettes, Prince Albert in a can. You know, I mean, he would have these what rolling papers, and if he couldn't have rolling papers, he would just tear off some newspaper and you know, just just wrap all them damn things here. And hell, he was you know, like most sweets, he was pretty well tight. He uh, you know, he didn't leave any butts here. He just sort of shake off the uh, one for the. Uh, from the old one into the makings of the new one here, and then just smoke it. Smoke on. He would smoke probably about forty or fifty of them damn things. But it would be Prince Albert in a can, you know, Prince Albert, and he was in a can. So, in any case, here uh, is done with. The- <laughs> uh, let's see here, because she's not a CI idiot. Okay, have fun. Have fun. Uh, Twenty, probably you know, probably. Hey, twenty-three. If you're Tonto, really, you really ought to go full Mormon. I mean, unlike you know, I mean, really, when you look at it here, Johnny Tonto, he might be, he might be a Melungeon or you know, uh, an Anglo Mestizo or a Mestizo Anglo or whatever, but hey. As a Lamanite, as a Lamanite Mormon, polygamous Mormon, really, you know, here's Dan Johns, you know, cut nuts, you know, running around with other tan beaneresses. But he only has, he only has, as far as I know, one, you know, one, you know, one spawn, Jeremiah Johns, a.k.a. Legal Man through 2012. And, you know, after that, he had his, you know, he, he bred him a little kikling who leaped out the ass. And sometime after that, he has nuts cut. Has nuts cut. So, hey, he's just in for the pussy here. You know what I mean? He's not in to spawn more little Michelings here and bleed out the ass like Jews. So, hey, Johnny Tonto, really, when you think of it here, he has been far more a serial polygamist than Dan Johns ever was. Really? you gotta, you got to give him credit for that here. I mean, well, maybe I ought to be incredible. I mean, shit. No, maybe I ought to be thanking old Tonto here for breeding a whole bunch of, uh, well, more mamsers here. But on the other hand, ah, what the heck here. I, I used to be really good ba- you know, friends with Johnny Tonto until Johnny Tonto turned on me. Do, 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 do. In case, uh, let's see here. I could be your friend, though. Well, that's good. I mean, hell, Optimus in California, you're in Australia. That's closer than, you know, that's closer than what old Mary was. Well, see if you, see if you can't get a virtual blowjob, Bob Brewster. So anyway, all right, hey, cutie, okay, old Bruce here. I mean, this, you know, this is the hookup shop here. The hookup shop. 
any case here. Uh, do, 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 do. He's so excited, and he just can't hide it. He's about to lose control, and he thinks he likes it, likes it. Alrighty, let's see here. <laughs> All right, I'm stepping the Folger Swell. This is this is Folger Swell that has been, you know, has been sitting, sitting with a mixture of the dregs of the Folgers can and some actual shaved bean. And it's been sitting in what I call the tea bag. You know how you got these here little, uh, oh, you have these little paper filters here on this drip coffee maker here. Well, what I do, what I do is I make it, I make it uh, drip here first couple times here, and then I add the Folgers swell or the Folgers. You know, the I'm down to the bottom of the can, which means it's at least fresh, but swell, Folgers swell. And then what I do is I make a few, I go ahead and make it, and then what I do is I bundle up, I bundle up, you know, when it's cool, I bundle up the edges of the coffee grounds, and I put it in the bottom of the glass, you know, coffee pot, and then I soak it for a while. I soak it for, oh, oh, half a day or so. And then I squeeze up the coffee grounds, and I feed. I have, you know, uh, what I do is when I'm digging in my garden, I dig up these here, uh, mainly red worms. And I'm going to use them for fish bait, but I'm also trying to grow them. You know, grow them. You know, and use them to compost with here. And what I do is I save this tea grounds, I save this coffee grounds. You know, when I'm done with it here. You know, I mean, I'm I'm really an ecological. Uh, now, I'm actually far more green than most of you uh, liberal Whigger ass clowns here. I'm far more really a greenie than uh, you tards here because I'm, you know, I'm a farmer. Do 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 do. But uh, in any case, uh, you know, I'm just enjoying the Folgers well here. Okay, Nelson's thinking here go home. Well, I don't know what the hell that's about here. Do 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 do. Okay. <laughs> well, all right. Well, let's let's talk about let's talk about Hill. Let's talk about the Hill of the Tards. Let's talk about what's going on and chaos at the compound and some other good shit. Let's see here. You had chaos at the compound, and you had a picture of uh, old uh, Wigger Square we lost. Uh, going after the mouth of Kelvin Alfred Spar, you know, uh, sperm, and he has a 23-year-old girlfriend who he dresses up in Lolita costumes, and I don't know if he makes her shave her beaver or not here. But Wiggerswell, Wiggerswell and April Gaydee used to be an item. And then old Pierce says, well, no, I'm not, you know, Wiggerswell, I'm not going to run off the bride of the multitudes of creators just because she said you had a wee organ and you told her she has a gigantic cathedral. I'm not going to, I'm not going to get rid of her just because she has a, you know, she has a hungry, 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 humongous beaver and you have just met a young, tender twig. 
I'm not going to. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna run off April Gaty because you're wee organ and she has a massive, mighty cathedral. I'm not gonna run off April Gaty because she has a Grand Canyon and you just have a Piper Cub. Ah, not gonna run off April Gaty. Yeah, uh, just because, just because you and her, you know, don't get along. Buffalo Wiggerswill. Hey, Buffalo Wiggerswill. Who did you slap? Who did you kill? Hey, Buffalo Wiggerswill. Did you have your fill? Hey, Buffalo Wiggerswill. Anyway, so. Uh, Where's what we lost has been providing in, you know entertainment, entertainment. Uh, yes, you know yes. Can you fit into a Catholic schoolgirl outfit? I'm not, I'm sure she could. You know how? Well, uh, it's uh, it's sort of like the blood and body of Christ here, I guess. Here, you know, to where they can turn a turn a little bitty, uh, you know, I don't know what the hell it is. They call it a wafer. It looked to me like it was oh a half a piece of a you know, it was about a quarter of a piece of a Pringle which had been sitting out too long. I don't know if you ever had one of them quote Catholic wafers. I mean hell, it's just like a little you know, you know little thin you know sheet of cornstarch or something like that. It's just been you know I don't know if there's any protein in it at all. But usually, a damn Catholic priest, he's the one that guzzles the wine and eats a freaking wafer. You know what I mean? I mean, uh, heck. You know, I mean, my, you know, my Swedish ancestors. I think they were right to practice 1630 Swedish homeopathy on them damn mackerel snappers. Here. They just, you know, just say, well, hey, we'll have something better than a wafer, and we'll have something, you know, better than a wine. We'll just have boiling Swedish piss and shit. We'll just smell it down your throat here, and you can, if your faith is great, you can convert it. The blood body Christ, you mackerel snappers. Now, most of my guests have been half high enough. I didn't have high enough faith here. Didn't at all here. So, in any case, uh, let's see here. Uh, guest number 23. Yes, yes. Hold on, hold on. I'm a censoring piece of shit. You're right. I'm just a censoring piece of shit. Dang. Yeah. That's not a that's just a priest. He 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 consecrates. Oh, okay. He consecrates it. Okay. Well, hell, I'm glad to, I'm glad to know here that uh, you're getting some temple and something to eat here at the damn you know, damn uh, the damn place here. I mean, hell, that's good for something. Yeah, I think that's good for something. You know, like that here. This wonderful. Anyway, chaos at the compound. Well, let me go ahead and put that link in, and then I'll talk some more about chaos at the compound. Compound for this world. Vivian up here. Uh, that's why we have priests. Yes, hell. You know, you know, far more priests than you ever had Bibles. I mean, what the hell do you, you know, what the hell do you need of a Bible? Well, heck, you might read it and get ideas here as to how to worship uh, Yahweh here, as opposed to whatever some damned, uh, you know, some damned thieving priest, greasy priest says here. 
any case, yes, I was, yes, I was, uh, no, yes, number 23, you, you wanted me to be a censoring piece of shit, so you got it. Okay. The, the liturgy of the hours daily, it is the Bible. I didn't know it was the, okay. Uh, when's the last time you covered Zephaniah? I bet I bet the Zephaniah is just probably not even dick breath here. Are you Mac Snappers? When was the last time you covered Zephaniah and uh, Haggai? How about so? Well, how about never? Do, 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 do. Okay, it's spoken. <laughs> well, well, God, see, thirty. I said thirty years older than Lucifer. My mother is 60? Well, hey. I'll unmute number 26, although I think it's number 23 here in disguise. So anyway, we were, you know, chaos compound. We were looking at that last, uh, you know, last week here, and Dewey Tucker called in. I would really like to have a debate between Dewey Tucker and Slotham Femnishevica. Because, hey, it would be, I think, it'd be hilarious. I really do. I think it'd be hilarious. I mean, it'd be good for yucks. Really would. Really would. I mean, yucks is yucks. Let's see. It would be good for yucks. Yucks look good. Jesus, take the wheel, make her freaking squeal. She'll come, come on, my lawn. See what? Let's see what's on on the pisser possums. We'll see what's on the pisser possums. Do 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 do. Okay. All right. A white nationalist in the mainstream. Oh, they're saying Alan Coulter is a uh, mainstream white nationalist. National alliance implode. Racist leaders reject Wiggerswell. Now, reject N.A. Chairman Wiggerswell Wheelos makes excuses while questioning his judgment and temperament. Well, no, no. I mean, hell. I mean, he's just a, a Wheelos. Let's go ahead and post that thing here. It's gone. Your, your, your Linda was right. Well, I don't know if Linda was right. You know, just be, you know, just be, just be nice. Oh, man. Put a little love in your heart. You'll know the world will be a better place. Uh, you're going to take some time off, Bruce. Uh, reflect on why it didn't work out. Well, 
I mean, she was 50 years older than her, him, whereas you're just 30 years older than him. This, this all just works out just right here. Brucefer, you know, Brucefer is a Catholic. You're a Catholic. I mean, hey, well, my Gary, you have two kids, and they're nutty as Bruce. So, hey, this all worked out. I mean, just sort of, just sort of think of as Bruce is your boyfriend and your pup, Atma. Now, ain't I just a regular Dr. Swill? I'm a Dr. Swill. <laughs> oh, guys, only 30 years. Well, been 50 years. Think of your fellow man. Put a little love in your heart. And the world will be a better place. <laughs> uh, guest number 26, you're sort of mean. And judgmental, too. Judgmental, too. Anyway, I'm, gonna, I'm going to... This is not the CI dentist turd. This is the, you know, this is the movement turd. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and look and see what where your what where your swill is up to now. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pay too much attention to the chat room. I'm gonna talk about bowel movement business. National Alliance implodes. Racist leaders reject National Alliance Chairman Where your swill we lost or Will Williams' excuses while questioning his judgment and temperament. Well, don't question his temperament. Where your swill's fucked up in the head. I mean, I don't see why people have a problem understanding that here. I mean, Wigger Swill just does whatever the heck he wants to. You know, heck, he used to be cupping April Gady here, and he couldn't get along with her, so then he had a shit fit, and he used to be running around with that Jew, Benny Classen. I mean, and his, you know, he was a good friend, Trader Glenn Miller. Why, hell, that just goes to show. Well, but, folks, on the other hand, or on the other paw. You've got to admit, you have got to admit that Wiggerswill is loyal to his friends. You know, until his friends run amok like old, you know, like Randolph Dilloway did. I remember when, I remember when, uh, hey, old uh, Randolph Dilloway and Wiggerswill Wheelos were, you know, I mean, they were just... Oh, hell, they were really good friends. They were ass-to-mouth here with each other. Used to fight with me over on uh, Cut Hair Walrus's uh, Occidental Dipshit Forum. You know, I was standing up for Harold Covington and, heck, both uh, both uh, Smoky Mountain, or as I call them, congenitally created, and Wigger Squill would just go ahead and fight like hell with me. I remember back in 2004. He would fight with me because I would fight with Trader Glenn Miller. Uh, Trader Glenn Miller, I think Wigger Swill snitched me out here. Where, you know, Trader Glenn Miller and I were no longer buddies. And Wigger Swill has stuck up for Trader Glenn Miller. Really has. You know, got Trader Glenn Miller a <laughs> interview to where he admits killing them people. <laughs> but, but on the other hand, really, to be fair about it, Trader Glenn Miller. Trader Glenn Miller is guilty as hell, <laughs> and it ain't like the old bastard's ever going to have is ever going to is ever going to ride the needle is is going to ride the needle. I mean that old bastard. I mean if they really wanted to kill off Trader Glenn Miller, 
just leave, just leave a couple of fifths and shim beam and a carton of cigarettes and a big lighter in the cell, and that old bastard will be stark, dead, and stiff before morning. He won't be able to stop himself. He'll drink and he'll smoke. He'll drink and he'll smoke. He'll drink and he'll smoke. And he will, you know, I mean, heck, his, you know, his lungs and his liver, which has been cutting a break for the last, what, 13 months, would just simply just shut down. If you really wanted to kill, if you really wanted to kill Trader Glenn Miller in a way that Trader Glenn Miller would like it, I mean, essentially it'd be sort of like self, you know, self, you know, self-adjusted suicide. Couple of fists, and, you know, a really rot gut whiskey like Jim Beam, blended bourbon, <laughs> and you know, oh, about a carton or two of uh, of some camels, unfiltered camels. And that old bastard, I mean, I shit you not, he wouldn't be able to control himself. You know, not that he ever could. And that old bastard would be stark before day here. I mean, shit, no, no fucking appeals. I mean, do you know that Nebraska went ahead and did away with the death penalty because they said, hey, these death penalty cases just take up so much money defending them to where the old, you know, whoever we sentence to death croaks off, but at the you know, expense of all these fucking lawyers. We're just going to just simply say we're going to just take death penalty off the table because all these bastards, are just all they're doing is just dying anyway, you know, after 30, 40 years. Let's just take let's just take the death penalty off the table. Let's save our, you know save ourselves oh half the you know half the money you know uh, keeping up these lifers. Now if you really want to do some death penalty just you know sitting floor here, well heck for oh, less than fifty dollars you know fifty sixty dollars less than a hundred dollars you could you could have Trader Glenn Miller commit you know uh, you know malunchen side. Just by going ahead and leaving, you know, hell, it could even be some cheap whiskey. How about some Weston, some Weston Distilling Company? I mean, what happens is that they distill cheap grain spirits here. I mean, Trader Glenn Miller, he, you know, he drank turpentine if that's all he had. You know, now, heck, maybe just go ahead and see if he can't flavor that turpentine. But you know, no, just give him. Just give them some white gut whiskey and some unfiltered cigarettes, and uh, you know, hey, he'll be he'll be stark by morning. No shit, no shit. So anyway, uh, Wiggerswell, Wiggerswell, he's uh, you know he's being questioned. You know his his you know his uh, temperament and his judgment is being is being questioned. Well, don't question Wiggerswell's judgment temperament. Wigger Swell, you know, Wigger Swell is like a, he's like a uh, you know, six-year-old Indian boy here. He cannot help himself. He, you know, he, you know, whatever Wigger Swell wants, he gets here, or he tries to get. I mean, how? He just, you know, Wigger Swell's an asshole. I mean, no shit. I mean, that's, that's about all it boils down to. So anyway, they're talking about the, uh, the Southern Poverty Law Center's recent report on the financial problems facing the long-decaying neo-Nazi group, the National Alliance, or the uh, Creator Alliance, or the Pierce Alliance, not Pierce is dead. You know, I mean, it's the, 
it's the Elohim City for Create Cars, which was founded by $400,000. Bobby Matthews gave uh, William Pierce in a brown paper bag. Went ahead and gave him. Went ahead and gave him. Uh, went ahead and gave him the uh, you know, $400,000. And Pierce went up, you know, the next day to the county seat, paid off the mortgage of 90000 that left three hundred and ten thousand dollars for William Pierce to pay paychecks to bring in cars, and that's what William Pierce did. He ran a snitching and book selling and trinket selling and then record selling. You know, this was back in the days of, you know, when CDs were around and the internet was young. And here's old uh, here's old Pierce. He goes ahead and he finds all these garage bands. He signs them up. Signs them up. And some of them are pretty good, like Lanzler. Others of them, man, eh, not so good. But, you know, hey, you know, here's, here's all these people learning, you know, learning to play three chords and, you know, bellow, you know, belly, bellow into a microphone in a garage. But, you know, let's not look, let's not look down on this here. Buddy Holly. I don't know if you've seen the Buddy Holly story. I did this when it first came out way back in 1977, 1978. Why? Old Buddy Holly and his little, you know, little band, the Crickets, why uh, they, are, they are playing in a garage, and it's behind chicken wire, and it has some of these egg cartons. You know, I mean, the old-fashioned, uh, you know, paper, you know, Paper mache egg, cart- egg cartons here, and it's you know, it has chicken feathers, you know, to deaden the sound. I mean, Carnegie Hall, it isn't, but it's good enough. So hey, I mean, I mean, you know, just because it's you know, it's the sort of music of which you aren't too proud when you say it's pretty, you mean it's pretty loud. I mean, that's what William Pierce sold here, and heck, it was well. You know, the great leader, the great leader, he had enough money left over to buy him some Bulgarian women and some Romanian women and Hungarian, you know, uh, you know, uh, well, backyard women who knew the place, unlike Carolyn Yenta, who's into lesbianism. Oh, by the way, Carolyn Yenta says she's not doing more shows on blog talk or talk talk. So anyway, where was I? Where was I? So here we are. We are, you know, has to meet up with a shrink. Eat fuck? Nah, you don't, you know. <laughs> okay. Well, all righty. <laughs> show up tonight? Well, Optima, you got to realize is that Virgil is what Virgil calls Virgil drunk. Now just go ahead and ringy dingy, ringy dingy the phone. And if you're lucky, we said, oh, please slap the mouth. I don't feel too good. I'm I'm, I'm halfway virtual drunk. I don't, I, 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 I mean, I, I, I just. I just don't feel good here. I, I think, I think, I think, uh, I think them, I think these damn niggers here. They, uh, they got into my, they got into my um, a, a drum, drum where I, where I, you know, pour the, uh, 
in the Crown Royale high out here for storage. You know, yeah, they they went ahead and got into that uh, carboy here where uh, where uh, essentially I store my store my vodka here. You know, uh, when you know I want to cut down on the price here. I mean, I I, I think some niggers got into it here with some damn Indians. I mean, I'm just not feeling good. I'm not, I mean, I'm really ain't here. You know. I'm, I'm three quarters. I'm three quarters least Where's the drug? So, uh, I'm not gonna. Could could you just could you just call me during the normal banking hours here? You know when I'm oh only a temp virtual drunk. Yeah, yeah. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, because it was Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. This is better. This is better than therapy from a the rapist. You know, there's between the rapist and a therapist. There's a space, but there's a space between me and rapist, and no space, you know, uh, with a therapist here. So anyway, <laughs> please don't write back until morning. Uh, <laughs> oh, guess what? Guess eleven. You're impersonating Moon Pupster. That's not nice. By the way, you still play it? You still play it with your computer? Watching that, these damn golden girls here, and uh, B. Arthur and the one who plays her mother are all just freaking old yentas here. I mean, they you know they they just they would just rape old Bruce if they were alive. You know they're dead now, thank God. And I mean, if they came up the zombies here, they'd just be zombie yenta. You know the yenta cushions here. They just be you know they have a hunger. You know they have a hunger. And that old Bruce where he'd be well maybe he'd be running for his life. I don't know. In any case, uh where was I here? Uh <laughs> 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 he like a shiffy <laughs> Jesus wavers. Where where am I at here? Uh let's see. It's been it's been the hottest most used threads on the on the hate forum for days. This is the one where they were talking about the uh Wigger Swill's buddy running off, you know, with some thumb drive, showing that the what's left of the National Alliance owes two million dollars in taxes. And pretty well, old Gleeby has been stealing, stealing the alliance, you know, blind, along with another number of other tards. And they want to blame it on this guy named Sean Walker, who really don't have really anything to do with it here. So, they, they, you know, they've had the the majority of sperm fart users are probably not familiar with the allegations of embezzlement and tax fraud made by the National Alliance accountant. Yeah, I mean, he was an accountant. By the way, he said, doing a good job, forensic accounting here. And old Jack Poot was saying, excuse me, Chairman, you think he stole from you? You think he stole these papers from you? You have the cops there, and you do what? You 
give him one of your pickup trucks and let him go on his miry way with your pickup truck? Well, yes, but I'm going to. What happens is I'm canceling the plates and I'm shutting off the insurance. He won't go far. Well, he might. He might not. Maybe he'll go ahead and sell. Maybe he'll go ahead and sell uh, you know, your pick-em-up truck to some drunk for a bus ticket here. Have you ever saw that? But anyway, no, Wiggerswell hasn't thought of that, no doubt. But a case. Third Party Law Center was looking at all these, and it says, within hours, Burnfart founder and former classman Milton Munster, Don Black, claimed in the thread an openly questioned self-proclaimed National Alliance chairman, Hoyerswell Wheelhouse's judgment, given accountant Randolph Dillaway access to National Alliance's most sensitive financial documents from five months starting last winter. Yeah, that does sort of seem fucked up to me, too. I mean... The only thing that would be more fucked up is having corn cob, having corn cob uh, work on uh, what uh, public relations, you know, public relations. Yeah, that would be that would be more fucked up. But you know, I mean, that's still pretty fucked up. So I'm surprised Wiggerswill would trust him. Black wrote, Will once tried to register Dillaway for our sperm fart Smoky Mountain Summit. But he, he was understanding why I told him why Dillaway wasn't welcome. Well, I'm not welcome either. I mean, they think I'm all nuts. They think I'm a nuts. They think I'm a nut just because I spent a couple years locked up in a maximum security nut house. Now, folks, I really wasn't nuts at all. I mean, everybody else is locked up. I was perfectly insane. Really was. Really was. And. By the way, they're they're going to spend the state of Missouri is going to spend two hundred twenty million dollars for a replacement to to the Fulton State Nuthouse complex. And I think that's fucked up here. I mean, you know, look look, you can just go ahead and put the retards put the retards in the older portions of that building, you know, on the you know, on the first and second you know, first and second floors. And just give them an extra, just give them an extra, oh, package of ramen noodles that cost about, oh, 30 cents a week. And them retards would think it's just, you know, I mean, hey, they just think it'd just be wonderful. I mean, they're so gaga, them retards are. I mean, they're running around with about, oh, 65 to 73 or 4 or 5 IQ. I mean, sort of like liar Bill the Clueless. I mean, shit. I mean, they would drink urine. They would drink your urine if you were able to just go ahead and say that's really lemonade. Why, they would eat shit if you told them it was chocolate pudding. You know, sort of like, well, my retard here that I ordained. Like, I mean, hell, maybe I'm one not to talk. Maybe I'm one to talk about what you're swell. I mean, hell, I, I went ahead and ordained a month's nutted. 85 IQ on a good day, 250 pounds of dog shit, 150 pounds sack, a.k.a. Liar Bill, Mumps Nut to Clueless, you know, supposedly, you know, who molests nigglets, nigglet nieces. I'm going to talk. I went ahead and ordained Liar Bill to Clueless. <laughs> that was sort of fucked up. I mean, that wasn't it. But anyway, you, you, have, you have this there. It looks like Will did trust him with the keys. 
the neo-Nazi Vanguard News Network, BNN founder, Alex Linder. Alex, Jew boy, bagel bakester, Linder. I mean, overall, the greater free-range dog card corral and virtual colostomy bag, Rabbi Linder, was even less sympathetic. His scathing remarks about Williams' judgment and excuse-making in the aftermath of the SPLC report were posted Saturday. He basically called Williams a liar. Well, yes, Wiggerswill does lie. Of course, so do you, Linder. I mean, heck. You know, he's not, you know, you know poor old Wiggerswill. He just, he just doesn't call his meerkat, bag-looking meerkats that close here like you do, Linder. Yeah, where 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 that Jew boy? He just he just cracks you know he just cracks a little Jew whip here. SPL says it says he had unrestricted access to files. Perhaps SPLC is lying, but the SPLC has also published an executive flowchart naming most of the top NA people. Well, one of them is having meerkat, you know, you know uh, Scott Spidell. I don't find Williams' claim plausible. Bender wrote, "The guy lives on site for months." And is he the only one Linders could, Williams could find but doesn't know anything about current or even recent NA members? He like, he like, how likely is that that Williams says is true? In my estimation, it's unlikely. Well, folks, it's like this. You know, I mean, no, look, look, Linder. I mean, means of time, well, at least twice in the time, and I want to see it here, is when you see some character that you think is a Jew You'll go ahead and just have to ask him if he's a Jew, and he's likely to go ahead and snitch out, you know, Linder. So, hey, uh, you know, I mean, hey, we always, we always got some tard who's going to go ahead and turn on us. I mean, hey, I have had, I've had Johnny Tonto Britton and Liar Bill Mumpsnut the Clueless, and Hoyer Squirrel has had Randolph Dillaway, and Alex Linder has had a number of former Colossomy bag-looking retards and Trader Glenn Miller running wild. Folks, I mean, it's like this. When you're in the movement, the bowel movement, tard control is very, very difficult. It's hard to keep track of your tards. It really is. I mean, heck, them tards just run wild like tards do. Now, the difference between me and Wiggerswill and, uh, you know, the Jew boy Linder is that I don't even bother to pretend I have control. I have tarred control. I decide to just simply let them run wild in the chat room. They will, of course, you know, they will, of course, make the, uh, you know, make it look like Heckle and Jekyll had a piss fight. But I don't bother trying to control my tards. Really, I don't. I mean, you know, Nimbus retards especially are uncontrollable. You know, I mean, what I do is I just sort of point them toward Rabbi Finkelstein's or Uncle Zog, you know, Uncle Tom Zogpig Bowie's uh, forums or uh, talk to you shows and say, go get them. Unleash the Nimtards of war. Cry havoc and unleash the Nimtards of war. <laughs> sort of like Shakespeare. Folks, you, you just don't have control over tards. Tards run wild. So it's just better to admit 
that you don't have control over, rather than pretend that you do when you don't. Really, that's the way to do it here, okay? Delete your talk to you chomo. I don't have a talk to you chomo. Well, I don't you, guess 26. In case, where was I at here? Oh, this is good. Oh, you're, this is good. Hold your swap. Straw mask damage control. It took more than 18 hours for William to apply the sperm fart thread. Well, he had old. He had old. Kevin Alfred sperm, and he had Hattie the Meerkat. I mean, Hattie the Meerkat is the best cast fluffer and spin artist. I think he's, he's the best spin artist in the moment. I mean, Hattie the Meerkat, I think Hattie the Meerkat is a better spin artist than Cal, Kevin Alfred sperm. You know, old, the, the old spermer. You know, he has more experience, but that Hattie Meerkat, I mean, he is just one, you know, professional. He's just some professional what? You know, a loveless, matoid, meerkat fluffer. I mean, you know, Hattie is the best fluffer in the business. Really is. It took more than 18 hours for Williams to wiggle swill to his plant. Play on the sperm fart thread, and when he did, Wiggerswill went with the Kevin, you know, Kevin sperm strategy and basically denied everything. You know, Strom pleaded guilty to possession of child porn in 2008, but spent years now denying his crime. Well, now he tried to deny his crime here, and the judge said, well, are you going to plead guilty, or do you want to take it to trial? And the spermer said, no, I plead guilty. Go ahead, go ahead, quiver and keep its mouth shut here, and uh, don't say a dang thing, and sooner or later you get out. Williams specifically denied Dillaway was hired to perform an audit of the National Last Book, even though he published on Sperm Fart a section of Dillaway's employment contract, where he admitted Dillaway was hired for maintenance and bookkeeping. Williams wrote, the employer, law, agrees to employ the you know, employee, the employee, Randolph Lynn Dillaway, in a maintenance repair. The employee will be expected to perform the following duties: building repair, maintenance and clearing, landscapers required, some book, you know, bookkeeping, much fluffing. <laughs> the reference to some bookkeeping, though, minimized and Winter Schools post clarified that Dillaway indeed had legal access to the. Organization's books. Williams denials of sperm fart, and then VNN replied, Dillaway never did any work as a forensic accountant for the alliance. Also includes his legally foolish admission that there are, in fact, serious financial irregularities with the corporation Williams now heads. Well, I don't be heads. I, I, I'm wondering what the Nargers are going to say. Let's see if the Nargers. Let's see if the Nargers. And. Okay, let's see what the Nargers have to say. National Alliance Reform and Restoration Group, or as I call them, the Nargers. Doo-doo, doo-doo, you look like a Narger, doo-doo, doo-doo, you look like a Narger, come on. Lawsuit quick guys. Oh, hell, I don't know. Okay. Well, hell, you you, nogger, you ought to be pouncing on Wiggersquill. 
You really ought to be pouncing on Wiggerswell, but you're not. I mean, what sort of what sort of tards here don't jump on old Wiggerswell for fucking up like that here? I mean, heck. Stupid noggers. Anyway, where else I at here? Uh, let's see here. Tonight, 28 and 29. I will want to get around to it. You send me around to it. I'm having an Wiggerswell Wheeloff, you know, ever met, or Wearing Wolf of Wicks Wall Street ever met. I have no idea. Old uh, old Hattie the Meerkat, he tries to keep a low personal profile. All the financial improprieties Dillaway ran to SPLC with were from Gleedies and Walker's era, not mine. Wrote Swell. I was charged. As, I was charged as a live chairman of sorting the mess out, which is exactly what I was doing. Dillaway was not hired as a forensic account to investigate anything as SPLC claims. Well, guess what? <laughs> Regardless of Wiggerswill's weak, 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 and pathetic, fucked up denials, the term forensic accountant was first used by Wiggerswill himself more than three months ago when he described Dillaway's efforts on the compound as a yeomanly job of forensic accounting. I didn't know yeomans did forensic accounting, but in February 2015, email to Dillaway and his attorney, Timothy Callum, no, Calamaros regarding making a criminal complaint against foreman Alliance business manager Patrick Martin. Williams also made clear his willingness to inform on Martin to the Internal Revenue Service for obvious investment. Yes, Wiggerswill is a snitch. Wiggerswill is a snitch. Wiggerswill will tell on you. Williams wrote... Tim Randolph is doing a yeomanly job of tedious forensic accounting, digging, you know, through all that we you know that we were left, return statements, invoices, et cetera. We can't put the Pocahontas DA. You see, I'm not sure. I think it's Poker Hot Ass County. You know, they uh they're you know, the hillbillies are proud they have a good deal of Anglo and Cecil blood in them here. You know, sort of like Johnny Tonto here. Now he is he's uh you know, he's had what uh, four women, and he's poked all their hot asses here. Yeah. You know? <laughs> 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 so, da, go after Martin Crimley. We can make life uncomfortable for him having to explain his obvious embezzlement of the funds to the IRS. The notion that self-proclaimed neo-Nazi quote leader like Wiggerswill would turn on fellow racists to the IRS further supports long-held maxim in federal law enforcement and anti-racist activism like the Southern Poverty Law Center. Now, most of the race criminal cases made against white supremacists are based on information provided by the racists themselves. Folks, that is true. Them you boys. You know, I mean, uh, you know, cousin Mark Patak, who is related to Rabbi Baal, nigger no think, he's absolutely right. 
But then again, Jews do turn on each other here. Ask about you know, you know, ask Eli James and uh, Mel Fink here. I mean, hey, you know, I mean that Jew boy Fink turned on old Eli or quick enough. In the same February email, Hoyer Squill clarified he was using convicted Swizzler Thomas Patrick to do the NA's tax and would seek to put the blame for the alleged financial fraud on former NA chairman Sean Walker and Martin. Well, folks, he doesn't want to put it on Gleeby. Gleeby looted the fuck out of it here, but hey, Gleeby gave it to Wiggerswell. Sean Mar- Walker didn't give anything to Wiggerswell. I'll talk again to Tom Patrick again, sick, who I feel will support our efforts to dig out of this IRS crater. He could only file returns from what Martin provided to him. We'll try to shield Eric Gleeby as best we can. Put the theft onto Walker and Martin, though. Eric was Eric was irresponsible, not supervising Martin for years. And there's a picture of the three senile thieves, the Mount the Mount Rushmore of you know, Wigger Swill, you know, Milk Monster Don Black, and the Duck. The duck looks chipper. I don't think the duck it no longer has to use Clairol, you know, to uh, you know to tint his hair and his beard. You know, the duck, the duck, what with all that liposuction here on his ass, and you know, you know, carving on his snout like he was a Jew boy or a Jewess. You know, the duck looks, you know, thin. You know, Milton Monster Black here, he looks like, uh, well, he looks like a, uh, you know, stolid tard here. And Wigger Squill looks like, with his Hawaiian shirt here, he looks like, heck, he was, he wish he was, he was banging skanks here on, you know, on Waikiki Beach here. No country for racist old white men, looking portly and disheveled in an oversized Hawaiian shirt, Wigger Swell. Right, the scene of a secret, secret sperm fart summit meeting with David Duck, left and Don Milton Monster Black. Right, the little faggot, the little faggot here, who's Don Black's son here. Why he can't be seen? He's a sad face, Crisco. Where's Jack Poot? William Wiggerswell, who is almost 70 years old, admits in emails he is looking for my suitable replacement and claims he attends these sperm fart meetings to cherry-pick among the attendees. Yes! Well, he went ahead and cherry-picked a TARD. Non-disclosure agreement invalid. Now, folks, he says he needs money. He seeks funds to watch a legal case against Dillaway, who he gave his pickup to. Maybe he should have kept the pickup, made Dillaway walk. Told the pickup truck. See if he couldn't go down to uh, Hillsboro, you know, in Poker Hot Ass County, and see if he couldn't hire a weasel. Or just use his own in house weasel. You know, this Greekling. Sue the Southern Poverty Law Center and. You know, the uh, weasel that he had doing the taxes. We just well claim to attend prosecutors form account claim not only do I hold an ironclad eight page employment agreement signed by the thief containing a page and a half of non disclosure agreement clauses which he violated. It sucks. It really sucks when you're tards. 
you know, just you know, they just don't keep them non-disclosure agreements here. They go ahead and disclose everything to the Southern Poverty Law Center, just like you did, Wiggers. Well, let's see here. Uh, <laughs> okay, here. Uh, let's see. <laughs> okay. All right here. <laughs> on the next back. <laughs> well, you ought to talk about ducks back here when we're talking about the duck, the duck of death. So they're saying this disclosure agreement doesn't mean nothing because it doesn't protect you when you are seeing crooked shit going on. I'm not going to read that chapter here. Let's see, I'm going to go on down. Unfriending the SPLC. Yes, well, I get Wiggerswell has been going ass to mouth with Mark Patak and Heidi, that bitch Heidi Byrick. It's like Trader Glenn Miller. Despite his recent attempts to raise money to supposedly take the SPLC court, Chairman Williams also has a fairly friendly relationship with SPLC for more than a year, posing for photographs, cooperating with interviews, on, both on and off the record, frequently posting articles. We've written about him on various hate sites. Well, that's good of you, Wiggers. Well, you know, hell, you, I wish you had been that forgiving with old Harold Covington. Earlier this month, for example, a May 7th email to SPLC staff member Wiggerswell said he had been in contact night before with Trader Glenn Miller, who murdered three people at Jewish facilities as arranged in Overland Park, Kansas last year. He had arranged for you know, Trader Glenn Miller to be interviewed by a Southern Pilot Law Center writer and an academic. Wiggerswell wrote, Glenn called me last night, oddly enough, and I formed him with a request. He said he'd talk to you and XXX and we'll call you, but I have to wait until he calls me again to give him, give him your numbers. We'll see how straight you boys can shoot with a man like Trader Glenn Miller, who is so universally hated, and for good reason. Trader Glenn Miller is not liked in the bottom of it. That bastard snitched both on Lewis Beam and Butler, but he also snitched on the order people. All right, hold on. Media man for a mass murderer. Although Wiggerswell's judgment has been repeatedly called in quest for his outspoken support of Trader Glenn Miller and the Spermster, he serves as Miller's media contact on the outside. In a post on the four on four five feet last year, Wiggerswell admitted he convinced Miller to do an interview with Kansas City Star reporter Judy Thomas against Miller's better judgment. Wiggerswell wrote, he turned away many requests for interviews, but I told him he could trust Judy. He told me tonight she had she had me snow, but that's not the case at all. Well, you know, Trader Glenn Miller's right. So on my recommendation, he talked to her for an hour and a half off the recommend granted the interview on the record recorded by her, where he admitted he murdered these people. You know, fat old, fat old uh, Wigger Anglum Cezo and his 14-year-old grandson and some wampus at the uh, Jewish community. So I wish you'd admit that, you know, it had been all arranged to begin with. He turned down many requests for interviews, but I told him he could trust Judy. Okay, never mind that. In published interview with Thomas and arranged by Wiggerswell, Glenn, Trader Glenn Miller admitted to the, you know, to the murders of Kansas City Jewish facilities. Although Wigger, you know, Trader Glenn Miller's attorney had adamantly advised against the interview, his lifelong friend, Wiggerswell, ain't that just like a friend, may happen thus putting a capital murder defendant on trial for his life. Oh, bullshit. While 
having already admitted his crimes to a reporter and having it published. Well, heck. Does anybody really believe that Trader Glenn Miller was really hurt by doing that interview? I don't think so. You know, maybe they bought him some Starbucks, or maybe they snuck in him some, uh, you know, past blue ribbon or something here. As puzzling as this to his fellow neo Nazis, Wager School's exploitation of Trader Glenn Miller as some sort of propaganda. True for the racist movement is explicit. In fact, you know, Figure Swirls repeatedly and publicly praised Miller for the kills. He wrote last year, blah, 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 blah. You know, you know uh, he just likes to lie. Basically banned from virtually every racist form he has ever signed up for. No, no, no. He's not banned on sperm farm. He's not banned on four or five seeds. I mean, hell, he got a free pass on the Zog false front ones here. Now, uh, Rabbi Linder bans Figure Squirrel because that Jew boy. That Jew boy finds that angle in the season of Wiggerswell sort of, you know, rough on the sensitive uh, Jew boy caller. Wiggerswell's mental health issues and physically abusive reputation as a boy, particularly toward women. Watch it. Hey, I'm Wiggerswell. Beat my humps like Buffalo Bill. Slap all them skanks. They'll expect me. No thanks, as I do get my fill. That's Wiggerswell. Pursued fellow racists like Covington and hunted them for years. Fighting people in the movement defines National Alliance. I will, woman. National Alliance chairman, you know, chairman's trajectory. Although nowadays, Wigger Swill claims he resigned from the National Alliance in 2002 because he did not approve the group supporting skinhead music, his VNN post told a different story. In 2004, Wigger Swill admitted on VNN he quit the National Alliance over a conflict with April Gady. A fellow National Alliance member of the group founder, William Pierce, refused to eject from the National Alliance after Williams had a brief and tumultuous affair with her. By the way, I bet old Pierce will get some backyard booty from old uh, April Gady, too, here. I mean, she was a bride for the masses, or for their masses. I'm not inclined to get in details here of why I resigned from the National Alliance, but to confirm for you, yes, it concerned the outrageous behavior of Mrs. Gady, a question of her moral character or lack thereof. Come on. I mean, she said that you had reorganized. <laughs> well, never mind. We've already been there. Wiggerswell has been ongoing internet war words with Gady ever since and with many others. Punctuated, I mean, Wiggerswell, Wiggerswell, he does not like me. I, I am on sperm fart, but I got to keep a low profile. I mean, I, <laughs> I used to... I used to come in and sock puppet after sock puppet after sock puppet over on four or five speeds here and just drive Wiggerswell nuts. <laughs> Let's see. Punctuated by the fights he picks online, everybody who's dealing with Williams knows his often cruel and abusive attitude toward his own perceived foes are almost always going to get ugly. Well, of course, but, you know, I've usually outsmarted Wiggerswell. Well, in fact, I'm always outsmarted Wiggerswell. Indeed, in a 374-word post on sperm fight yesterday, soliciting funds for a legal case against the SPLC, Wiggerswell used the word fight five times. On the Memorial Day sperm fart radio program Monday, you know, Donald Milton Munster Black discussed Wiggerswell's caustic behavior. A city would not take sides in the legal dispute between N.A. and the Nargers over the group's future. 
And he lamented that racist leaders spend most of their time fighting each other. Well, look, Duck, or, you know, look, uh, Milt Monster, uh, what happens? You're running a Zog false front. So, yeah, yeah, we do fight with each other. Wigger School in particular said a clearly disgusted Don Black just likes to fight. Come, 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 come. So anyway, that's it. I'm going to go ahead and take a break because somebody has to pee, and we will be back in three or four or five minutes. Have a big
Okay, I am back. Let's see. Oh heck, there's a un there's an unlocked card. Hold on. Guest number three. Yes, yes. Okay. Well, if it says in the Jews paper that old the Melster don't like them Jews, why guess what? Chances are I mean, I had a Mel Gibson moment about a month before Mel Gibson had it at the Nuthouse. And unlike the Melster, I didn't apologize for my Mel Gibson moment here. I mean, I asked this uh, forensic uh, you know, psychiatrist here, Jew Free Klein. I said, Klein, that's a Jew name. Are you a fucking Jew? He went on and on and on, talked about how he couldn't possibly be a Jew. I think that's just like, you know, I have 10 minutes left. I think that's just like fucking Jew. Ask the Jew if he's a Jew, and he just goes ahead and gives you a whole bunch of shit for 10 minutes and just won't say yes or no to so whether or not he's a fucking Jew. After that, we screamed and hollered for about two hours and 20 minutes. He, you know, he found that I was, well, still nuts and incompetent to stand trial, which I knew he would here. I mean, he was just asking me to see whether or not my brain was softened up enough here by the doping. To uh, to essentially to where I would go back and consent to be railroaded, you know, which maybe I should have just simply, maybe I should just simply pretend to be well softened up here. Well, <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see here. Let's see. The same in that matter of fact here. Okay, call in, slop them. Well, hey, they want you to call in, Bruce. We're slopping, but I don't know if you are or not here. Uh, I'm sort of tired. I'm going to have to, you know, I'm going to have to get, I hope I do not have to go to Springfield tomorrow. I really do. I mean, shit, it cost me, what, at least $23 in gas, not, oh, three, four hours. We'll call in only if if Optima does. Well, folks, we are we are just simply having well, folks. We need tards. We need some tards to call in. We really do. You know, tards, tards make the you know, the turd roar. We really could use some tards. No fun to be shooting with me. There's the pans. Speaking of which, Roxy, I, I was busy writing. Writing some legal shit, you know, to deal against Brian Real, and be damned if uh, Roxy calls me and says somebody is shooting the poopy dog, and I think it was some kid, he had a little BB gun or something like that, he was shooting my little pooper dog. So I went out there and said, You shooting my dog? Don't be shooting my dog. And then Roxy called the pig lights, and now he came by, and I don't know, maybe I'll get a report about it. Okay? So. Uh, let's see. Canada's our neighbor. Okay, now I don't know if Slotman believes that stupid shit or not. Maybe she does here. I mean, Slotman. I mean, heck. You know, if you called in right now, you could have my ridicule and you could have Brucefer's lust. You know, I mean, hey, what's is better, lust or ridicule? I mean, I can, you know, I can be, I, I mean, you know, I, I wouldn't mind making fun of you at all, Slotma. But, you know, Bruce Burr, he just wants some of your, you know, he'd want, he'd want what, you 
a number of males have already, you know, they come, they 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 come, they saw, they come come, they left here. I mean, Lucifer wants to be. <laughs> Lucifer wants to be the latest ones here who who come who 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 uh, who uh, they saw they come 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 and they left you. <laughs> um, yeah, did Mel get blacklisted? Yeah. What happens is that shit. But he had plenty of money from the Passion of the Christ here. You know, the Jews were gunning for him. And then you know he was he was a good little he was a good little uh, hybrid nigger, you know good little hybrid nigger uh, Catholic and just like Dewey Tucker you know said here he said you got to realize is that Australia well, Australia was well what it was it was a dumping ground for drunken hybrid niggers drunken criminal sheep stealing and sheep fucking hybrid niggers you know what I mean. That, that's what they, you know. That's what they, you know. That's what Australia was here. I mean, they used to, they used to hang, you know, these uh, these Irish, the you know, these green hybrid, you know, drunken mix. They used to hang them, you know, for being oh, for stealing and you know, sheep buggery and all this sort of thing here. And they said, well, hey, you know, uh, we can use them. We can. We can use it to. We can go ahead and use it to take over for the kangaroos. So you got to realize is that you have a bunch of crim. You know, I mean, Australia was founded by criminally, you know, perpetually drunken, criminally insane, green hybrid nigger, you know, sneak thieves. <laughs> so I mean, hell, through Brewster, you know. <laughs> Pusmer, you know, I mean, he can't help himself here. I mean, that's, you know, that's the genetic material that, you know, that the uh, English Empire, you know, the British Empire had to deal with here, and they they used it as best they could here. You know what I mean? You know, he's not as bad as Obergenda Bender. I mean, that we lost, you know, that we lost, uh, you know, that we lost part Abo, uh, you know, uh, transgendered poopter possum. Well, he's more fucked up than Bruce for his, and a whole lot more self-righteous here. I like Bruce. I like Bruce for a lot more than I like the old uh, Obi-Jinder Bender here. But you got to realize is that Australia, you know, Australia, you know, was founded by drunken, sheep stealing, and sheep fucking green hybrid niggers, who the British Empire decided that they, you know, could use to displace the wombats and the kangaroos. You know, I mean, that's just the way it was. <laughs> you know, my ancestors here were a bunch of Swedes and Prussians here who, uh, well, essentially their purpose was to displace these damned, uh, you know, uh, savage, you know, savage red nigger barbarians here called Sioux Indians here. That's what their purpose was. I mean, empires use, you know, they, they, they like changing the population here. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> I like the fact that, that Bruce does not disagree with my, uh, by the way, it was Dewey who said that here, and we pointed out that uh, they were, quote, transported, you know what I mean, which means that they were, 
they were loaded aboard. They were loaded aboard. They were they were loaded aboard prison ships, and it took about oh five six months, and they were just dumped off. They were just dumped off, <laughs> and that was the end of the shit here. They either lived or they wouldn't here. You know what I mean? So you know Bruce. You know Bruce made me descend from sheep thieving. You know sheep thieving, drunken. You know, mix. But on the other hand, it, it means that Bruce, that Bruce has, you know, Bruce has stamina. Bruce has stamina. I mean, shoot, a week, a week, drunken sheep stealing hibernator <laughs> wouldn't, you know, wouldn't last on the long ocean trip here. Wouldn't last. You had to be, a, you had to be a tough, physically fit. You know, drunken hybrid nigger sneak thief or sheep fucker, you know, in order to survive. So, hey, you know, Bruce comes from sturdy stock. Maybe not, you know, maybe not, you know, mentally altogether there, but he comes from, you know, he comes from, you know, he comes from tough stock. He really does. Let's see here. Uh, <laughs> okay. Optima. Uh, Opna, if you will just call in, Bruce will Bruce will set aside the uh, you know the electric fence and the grease knot hole side, and be will be pretty well sort of loyal to you. No shit. Okay. Uh, All right. Well, guess what? We have somebody calling in. Hold on, Let's take a thirty second break here and have them call in. Hello, guest thirty one. Hey Martin, it's Brian. Oh, okay. Well hey. We were we were having we were having a discussion here with Bruce Howard and uh, off Swap the Femina here, and I think she's part Polak, but she's a lot hibernated. We're talking about how Australia, like Dewey Tucker said, was essentially founded ninety, you know, ninety some percent just drunken, thieving, sheep stealing, and sheep fucking, you know, green hybrid niggers who got loaded, who got loaded aboard sailing vessels and shipped off to Australia. And that's how you know that's where that's where Bruce gets it from here. Bruce Howard gets it from here. And Bruce is wanting, you know, old Swapman of Femme Shavika to call in and uh you know, Yeah, I was kinda of looking in the chat before and uh and I decided to call in, um Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So, so I guess this whole little thing with uh with Mary blushing Mary didn't go well, I guess they're not going to get married anymore, or whatever, right? Well, yes, there was a there was a fifty year age difference, and Mushing Mary America had <laughs> squeezed out two little Jew Michelings. You know what I mean? Two little Jew Michelings, and Bruce Fur says, "Well, hey, it's either the little kike, you know, it's either the kikus Michling, you know, that you squeezed out, you know, Mushing Mary America, or it's me." And 
oh, what happens? Oh, blessing Mary America realizes that, hey, uh, she can maybe find young Peter if she really works that here. But, hey, she uh, she ain't going to have another, you know, Kaika's daughter here. So, hey, she went with Kaika's daughter. And now you have Optima Femna here, and she's, you know, she's, uh, she's 51 years old, which means that there's just a 30-year age difference here. And... Uh, I don't oh, know. yeah, I mean, to Bruce, I mean, that's like, uh, what, like 16 to me. Even though he's the same age, but a 16-year-old to me is like a 50-year-old to him, I guess. Well, <laughs> maybe, you know, I mean, heck. You know, I mean, I, well, heck, I mean, I don't know if you ever, you know, did you ever hear this uh, group called Queen here, it had this here faggot named Freddie Mercury was singing here, but this was way back in the late 70s, early 80s here, and they had a they had an album here, it was a pretty good album here, it had, uh, it came with a poster of naked Swedish women bicycling here, and they had a few coons in there here, but usually you'd have these naked, mainly Swedish women here, where they had Somalis here on a bicycle here, and you know, they were they were running around naked. You had the folder in the bicycle album here. And bicycle, bicycle. And then they had oh, one yeah. track here. They had one track track here which I loved called Fat Bottom Girls here. I was just a skinny lad, didn't know much good from bad, but I knew life before I left my nursery. Left alone with big fat fanny, she was such a naughty nanny. Heat big woman, you made a big man out of me. You ever hear that one? Fat bottom girls, you make the rocking world run around, run, you know, run wild or something like that. You ever, you ever hear that, you know, track? Oh, I'm not sure, but I know about the bicycle one. They had that in some movie. I remember. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty here. I told Bruce to call in because uh, I remember last time I talked to him and he was saying he was like uh, six foot three and stuff. And now I'm kind of starting to doubt that if he's really that tall. I mean, he, uh, well, uh, maybe he is. Maybe he ain't here. I don't know. Uh, it doesn't really matter. Uh, maybe no, not, not just that. I mean, but if you lie about something like that, then you're. Can't really take anything, you know, because I'm like five ten, maybe five nine, five ten. Yeah. So my dad and my uh, brother are. I think they're actually a little bit taller than I am, but um, uh, but still, I mean, if you lie about your height, you know, I mean, who knows what else you're lying about? Well, I I have some YouTube videos, and I I definitely have half a beard, and I don't know. You can sort of look at me. I'm you know I'm fairly. I'm fairly good size. I'm what six foot two and a half in the morning, and just six foot two at night here. But uh, hey, uh, I am what I am here. But uh, no, I don't, you know I don't really know here. I mean, I know old Michelle here, aka Slapping the Feminine Shavika here. Why she is? Uh, oh, she's a goofy heifer, but uh, and a good Catholic. And uh, hey, you know maybe maybe if she. Uh, Maybe she, you know, maybe she's not too late to have another pup here. She got. Let me see. Uh, I think she said she was fifty-one, though. But well, hey, I mean, shoot here. I mean, you know, old old Bruce here. Why heck? You know, I mean, you no, know, he, he's throwing up. He's throwing up. He's 
you know, if, if, if he could go ahead and get to old sloth in the hair, there we go. He'd save up. He would save up. You know, no more, no more pissing on the electric fence here. He would save up here, and he'd shoot a hell of a watch here. You never know. Ah, uh, man, heck, she'd be ovulating, and good Lord, bang! Ah, uh, man, hell, just just go ahead. Oh, but, you know, Bruce is the same age as me. I know he lives in a different country, and maybe he prefers older women. I mean, I, I, I could see. I don't know about that here. I mean, I used to, I used to, when I was young, I used to, oh, I used to amuse myself here. I was a farm boy. I used to amuse myself by seeing if I could move the barn door by pissing against it here. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, heck, you, you know, when you have plenty of time on your hands here, you do all sorts of stupid shit here. But, you know, I don't know. I sort of thought it was useful. Can can I move this barn door by pissing against it here and be damned if I couldn't here? Nowadays, you know, now that I'm 57, why, hey, I don't know. I don't know if I, you know, hit more than the bottom two or three inches of that here. You know what I mean? You know, much less, much less just piss up a storm and move a, you know, barn door. But Bruce, why heck, when you're Y and D and F and C, why all sorts of options are right in front of you. You know what I mean? Right? Mm. You, 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 well, you, don't, you, you don't, just don't understand because, hey, here you are starting your age here, and you have all sorts of options. I mean, what happens is that life, life goes ahead because of the previous choices you made. You're already in the path. You're already in the rut. And that's what I was trying to, that's what I was trying to, that's what I was trying to tell you, uh, oh, a month and a half ago here when I was, uh, you know, when you were firmly in the sway of Uncle Tom's dog, Pig Bowie here, I was trying to, Bring you over to the dark side here, you know, uh, Brian. I'm old enough to be your father. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, but that's you know that is that is the way it is here. I mean, I used to be 21. Hey, hey, I was a handsome young man. You know, I. Uh, I mean, heck, you you have the whole, you have the your all your life in front of you, and you just don't know, you just don't know which path to take. There's so many paths, and there, you know, all these paths are shallow paths. They're not deep ruts. They're not deep ruts. And you know what to do. What to do? Okay. <laughs> yeah, that definitely is true. I just uh yesterday I took my uh, brother to a train station. My older brother dropped them off there and he took a he took a train out to uh I guess JFK, you know, airport in New York City and then uh took a plane out to uh, Oregon. He's going out there with a he has a friend over there and he's going to uh you know, it's it's legal, so it's not like I'm bringing up anything illegal on your show, but they're going to uh you know, grow weed. Which uh, on a farm, but out there in Oregon, I guess um, it's legal there now. So like you can get a license, and I guess his friend has a license where he can grow like a hundred plants. And my brother is only going to be there for a week and going to make, you know, well over a thousand bucks just you know helping him grow weed plants. <laughs> pretty, you well, know, you, pretty you have, amazing you how have... much money you can make off that shit. Yeah, well. For now, I mean, eventually, 
like you know the district of congoids, why you know district of corruption congoids, why they pass a law that you could grow up to three or six plants of your own. You couldn't buy it, you couldn't sell it, but you could grow your own. So hey, uh, you know, which is good. I mean, keep them old niggers mellow here, smoking that nigger weed here, to where they'll just toke and toke and toke and be all mellow here. I mean, shit, you really want to keep, really. You want to keep them beasts of the field fucking mellow, if you have anything to say about it. I mean, the alcohol sort of, you know, I mean, can sort of rile them up here. But the weed, the nigger weed, well, hey, it makes them mellow here. I mean, I have noticed a big change between Jeremy Visser, the pisser possum, from when, when he's drinking the bong water, uh, you know, as opposed to when he has meth here, he's smoking meth, he's drinking the bong water then here, or when he's smoking the weed here. I mean, it's just totally, it's just totally, you know, I mean, when he's smoking, you know, he's drinking the bong water from the weed, he's mellow. He's mellow as hell. But, you know, when he's smoking the meth here and drinking the bong water, I mean, he may laugh, but it's, you know, sort of like rage here. You know, this was back, this was back in the winter of 2010, you know, when essentially he had to admit that he was not white here, uh, and he was, you know, he was, you know, kept for six months from, uh, you know, going back up to Washington to be with Bridge of the Egypt and the four little pisser possums. Well, sooner or later she was impregnated by this Jew named Juistine out of Seattle. And then the, the fifth pisser possum, I say, has a little hooked nose here. So it's a Jew. It's a Juistine pisser possum. You know, but the pistol doesn't like, you know, doesn't like hearing that. But Bridget the Idiot, uh, might gather, will, I mean, she'll ovulate to about anything here. So anyway, yeah, uh, you know, he would, you know, he would be drinking, he would be smoking that mouth here, and he would just call in, and he would just sound like he was, you know, well, he sounded like he was a were-molunger. You know, he was just mad as hell. But when he's smoking the weed, why, hey, he's just a mellow, he's just a mellow pisser possum here. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, I, 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 when I was in the Army, they didn't have really weed here. They had hash here. And all the, all the little jupes here, they'd, they'd spend their money on usually Turkish red. Sometimes they have, you know, Moroccan green. And this was hashish. This was very powerful shit here. They said it was oh, yeah. about, oh, six or seven times more powerful because it was made from the flowers here. And it was so, they would, you know, take a pop can and they would use a pocket knife and then they would use a lighter and then they suck on the pop can because if you had a, uh, if you had a, you know, a hash pipe, why, uh, Guess what? Uh, you, you're likely to be caught by the dogs here. You oh, know, you mean like a crush, so, like a crushed soda can, like aluminum can, and you smoke yeah, it through that? Yeah, can. They smoke. They smoke it through that, and then they throw it out. They throw it out. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. they have their big old. They be smoking their hash. They be smoking their hash and drinking that excellent German beer around Saturday morning. I mean, if the Russians were going to invade, the time to do it is three o'clock Sunday morning. Because I mean, essentially, ninety percent of the jukes here are all drunk and you know hashed out here. Now I used to smell that shit here. I mean, I've never, I've never actually smoked you know nigger weed or you know weed or anything like that. I'm not really an addictive personality. But uh, 
what happens is that they'd be smoking that shit, and damn air would turn fucking blue here, and that shit would give me a freaking headache. Yeah, oh, it was probably from the, the soda cans or whatever. I, I, it's a bad way to do it. Um, well, smoking yeah, anything through there, but yeah, I know what you mean. Whether you want an Article 15 or not. I mean, you'd have one or two who were tars, and they would make out of brass. They'd make their own little hash pipes here, and they'd you know, put together. But shit, they find the hash, you know, the pop puppies come in. They find the hash, you know, residue. That's an Article 15. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then you lose all your money for a couple months to where you can't afford to you know, buy more hash here. You know what I mean? Why, heck, uh, the good thing is that, oh, you know, once a month, maybe twice here, after you got paid the second weekend, the fourth weekend, or it was me, it was the first and third, you know, you get $500 as a private here starting out. So what you would do is that hey you would take the uh, you would take the uh, you know take the although it's their Bonhoff here there's where's the railroad station you go to you go to Nuremberg you go to visit the whores at the wall and I don't know I mean shoot you can get fairly cheap here uh, they they prefer the twenty dollars but I preferred to give them the forty marks because it was three fifty. Deutschmarks per dollar back then, and uh, you know, so forty marks was the equivalent of about what twelve or thirteen dollars, opposed to twenty here. And then you would, oh, I would, you know, first time I got, you know, I got held up for five marks for a prophylactic here. I got to where I got to where I learned German here. Ich habe mein prophylactic gebracht, which means I brought my rubber with me. Well, see. <laughs> See, what happens is that they'll try to hold you up to five marks for a rubber here, which costs only a mark here. And so, but then again, when you show your rubber, why they go ahead and they use their own damn rubber because they don't know what the hell you've done with the rubber. Maybe you chewed a hole in it or something like that. So, I mean, essentially, <laughs> well, in any case here, um, <laughs> I, I learned a number of tricks like that. But anyway, where was I? Uh, how the, how the hell did we get how the hell did we get to that? Yeah, we were smoking weed here and then got to uh German whores. I love the German beer. Oh good lord, I love it. You can buy you can buy a flat of twenty bot twenty half liter bottles for five dollars. You know what I mean? This was the this was the Krellsheim Hoff you know, Hoffenbrau, which was the export beer, but it was wonderful beer, better than any beer in America. Oh yeah. You know, and essentially it was the it was a local beer. So the local town beer, about every town which has over, you know, 10,000, you know, population has its own little brewery. And they had Harafia, Harafia pills. Now, what's a Harafia? Well, it's a, it's a loaf which is baked like the letter, you know, back letter three or a sort of rounded little E, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And what what happens, it comes from this story. See, what they would do at Krellsheim, it used to be a walled city, and they were fighting. They were fighting these three other walled cities of Dinkelsbuehl, Rothenburg, and some other one on the Yacht, which was a, sort of like a creek, sort of like Show Creek, which flowed into the Necker, which flowed into the Rhine. And uh, essentially, you know, this is at the border between Schwabia. Schwabisch Hall was was about 24 kilometers or 14 miles just uh, east of me. And I would 
I would just simply, I bought me a three-speed bicycle for $25, and I would not hang around the barracks and smoke hash. I would ride, I would ride, you know, in the guest houses or something like that, other than, well, the trip to Nuremberg. You know, I, I did go to Nuremberg, and, you know, essentially that was, you know, that was, well, one of the things to do. Really, I loved looking at Nuremberg. I mean, looking at the historic places, going with my Michelin guide, looking around. I mean, you know, really, you know, Nuremberg was more than just horse. You know what I mean? But anyway, I'd usually go to Swabish, you know, Swabish Hall, you know, which was the actual head of Holler Lowenbrow. Not Munich, but, you know, that was the very beginning of it, you know. You've heard of Lowenbrow or Lions Brew here? Well, it's Holler Lowenbrow. It's from Swabish Hall. You know, the hall or the main town of the Swabes. You know, and the, you know, the Prussian kings were actually Swabians here. And they have a little, they have a little story about the Swabians being sort of like Missourians. Uh, they have a story of the seven Swabian brothers who were so stupid that they don't know you can't take the biggest oak tree out of uh, the black forest and fashion to a club and club Germany into its knees and conquer all of Germany by just simply taking a big old oak tree and fashioning it to a club to beat everybody else around the head in. Well, the seven Swabian seven brothers, they conquer Germany, and then they get edumacage where they learn they can't do that shit. So then it's back to Swabia with them. You know what I mean? So anyway, uh, the rest of the Germans would make fun of the Swabians, and the Swabians would make fun of the rest of the Germans here. But anyway, I used to, you know, I would just simply ride my bicycle and go, oh, four or five miles and just look at the countryside, you know, the German countryside and say spring or summer, which is cooler than... uh, you know, then America, you know, I mean, usually a hot day in the middle of summer is about 78 degrees, you know what I mean? And it doesn't really have a thunderstorm. I got to where I missed thunderstorms. I'd never seen a single thunderstorm in Germany. It'd all just be sort of misty rain, you know what I mean? And get cold in Germany, too, but, you know, you know now it's cold in South Dakota, though, but colder in Missouri, but I missed thunderstorms, but never seen a single freaking thunderstorm in Germany. But I would just drive, I'd just ride my bicycle, just ride my bicycle, uh, you know, uh, oh, up to about, oh, oh, about 50 miles in all directions here. Usually I head sort of west here, but I'd go south. I would do that, and then I'd stop at the barracks here where they didn't know me. You know, and I would rent a barracks room, you know, for $6 a night here and, you know, make my own bed. They didn't have maid service here. I mean, you're enlisted, man. You're supposed to make your own damn bed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, in any case, I do you would, remember? Uh, do you remember, like, uh, when you were over there, if you ate, like, uh, you know, authentic, you know, German food? Oh, hell, you eat nothing but German food. Hell, there's no damn McDonald's and expensive as hell. You, you know, I, 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 I never ate. I never ate at St. You know, they had McDonald's one or two, you know, like in Paris and major cities here. I never ate McDonald's at all here. Now, while I was in Vienna, I ate some Serbian carp, which was a square of carp with some freaking tomato paste on top, and that wasn't too good here. Uh, while I was in Athens, I bought me a 12 and a half cent uh, half liter bottle of Ritzina, which tasted like, well, tasted like turpentine. You know, they, 
<laughs> they cure that shit by putting it in a pine barrel. And so as a result, it tastes like, you know, the, the damn wine tastes like turpentine. That's not fun. I bet that would but, give a, uh, uh, you know, add a boner. <laughs> well, maybe. Who knows? But in any case, uh, I would I would eat the native cuisine. And usually what happens is that the the beef is expensive, but the pork is cheap. So I would, you know, I would just simply, oh, eat, you know, the wiener schnitzel and, the, you know, the brown bread and the cheese and, oh, sort of, you know, I, I had an Alice pack here, which I would, you know, carry stuff in, you know, a little backpack here. You know, I mean, I was, you know, training to march and need them again. So, hey. I would, you know, I, you'd walk 25 miles a day. So, hey, bicycling, well, hey, you could go quite a bit ways. But so I was in fairly good shape, and I would just simply explore the German countryside. And then I'd bought a Michelin guide, and I'd, you know, you, you know that these here cathedrals, they have, they, have the, they, they have these skulls and bones stacked like fucking cordwood. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, it's sort of weird, sort of weird. They use it as a charnel house. They would have on these cathedrals, they would have, oh, them, them lake bones stacked like, you know, I mean, you've seen wood stacked up in, you know, in cords or ricks right here. And then they have the skulls on top of the damned, uh, you know, ricks of that here. And, you know, it's sort of weird. It's sort of weird. I mean, these bones were, what, oh, six, seven hundred, eight years, you know, six, seven hundred years old or something like that in some cases, 400, 300. You know, I mean, hey. And But you'd go ahead and see some beautiful cathedrals, these Gothic cathedrals, you know, and, uh, hey, you just have a fine old time. You know, so I actually seen probably more Germany and certainly more Europe than uh, you know, everybody else who was there. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, yeah. it must have been, you know, real beautiful bitch. to see all the countryside and everything in general. I mean, I can't even well, imagine. Yeah, yeah. What happens is them Germans, they intensively farm. There's not no brush laying around like in what uh, Missouri and Arkansas and Oklahoma. They have them old pine trees dressed right, dressed practically. It's sort of like in a park. You know what I mean? It's uh, you know, they. They intensively farm everything. The countryside is beautiful. Uh, when we used to walk here, we used to, oh, when it was sort of cold of a morning, what we would do is you, you'd have old Herman the German. <laughs> Herman the German, he'd have, he'd have uh, you know, like, we all call him, we just call him Herman. You know what I mean? You know, we don't know what the real name, but, you know, a bunch of Germans are named Herman. So we call him Herman the German. Old Herman the German would have these rubber boots here, and what he would do is that he'd live in a two-story building, and in the uh, basement, you'd have the cows and the animals and the rest here, and they would live in the bottom, and you know their body heat would rise up and sort of help heat the, uh, you know, the family living quarters. And what they would do is that they would have a, they would sort of have a stone trough in which old Herman the German, he's shoveling, he's shoveling shit and straw, you know, for these dairy cows, for these pigs, for these chickens, whatever, and he's, uh, you know, so what he does is that he uh, he goes ahead and he takes, he takes it, you know, he takes it, and by the way, 
you know, John Deere's, you know, the John Deere of Germany is this farm implement, you know, a uh, company called Mendela. Have you ever heard? Have you ever heard uh, of Doctor Joseph Mengele? Oh yeah, of course. Oh yeah, well he he was, you know, actually, actually he uh, he decided to become a you know a doctor instead of a uh, instead of running the company. But they have blue and white, and they'll have little ship wagons which are drawn by horses or whatever, sort of like the armies do it. But you know. Uh, they would they would have this they, they would have this farm equipment you know be it tractors be it whatever called you know blue and white called Mendela you know what I mean and <laughs> oh heck uh, you would walk through the countryside in the morning and what happens is that you would see you would see the steam rising from these damn compost piles you know what I mean they would just be rising up here and what you would do is didn't stink that bad. And what you would do is that you would sort of, you know, in April, in Germany, it gets cold in the morning. It gets cold in the morning around, oh, six, seven, eight o'clock here, so of the morning. And so what you would do is that, you know, you weren't supposed to put your hands in your pocket and you forgot your gloves. What you'd do is sort of, you know, crowd these here compost piles. You know, I mean, that's at least what I did here. You know what I mean? And they would be about 10 degrees warmer here because of all the, you know, I mean, that compost is fermenting or whatever at about 160 degrees or something like that. So what you would do is that you would, it would be about 10 degrees warmer, you know, next to the compost pile. All right? So uh, let's see here. Uh, Bruce is having, Bruce is having his own little problem here. I've been crying again out. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I have seen out somehow. She's a woman, you pervert. But Alice is an atheist. I don't think it will work out well. Who knows? Okay. There's actually, uh, when you're when we're talking about the, you know, uh, when you were in Germany and, like, how good their beer is and the food and stuff, there's, Oh, wonderful. There's, there, yeah. there's a restaurant out here. It's uh, I forget what it's called. I think it's like Pol- something Polish and European restaurant, and and uh, you can get um, obviously you can get like Polish beers, which uh, a Polish beer is probably pretty similar to German beer, and and just all the different food like Hungarian pancakes and just all kinds of different you know European meals. Um, it's it's real good um, and there's like a few bakeries there's you know since I'm German and Polish it, it kind of you know uh it suits me well or my family because there's a German bakery around here and there's also a Polish bakery and and they you know they sell kind of like desserts instead of uh some someone wanted to go to like a place and get a few donuts and you know shit like that but if you really wanted to get uh, you know nice desserts kind of uh to cheat, you know, cheat yourself, uh, kind of uh, treat yourself and cheat yourself at the same time. Uh, you can go to like a German or, or a Polish bakery and just uh, get the ethic uh, desserts that they have there. It's pretty good stuff. What's this in Long Island or something like that? Yeah, it's in it's in Long Island, uh, but in California where I was, I mean, you, you could uh, obviously they had a. Uh, Besides the mainstream stuff, they had, 
mostly like Mexican and Asian and shit like that. You couldn't really find many European things. I mean, maybe Greek or something here and there, but I guess out here there's still like kind of uh, strong, you know, ethnicities, so you could still get uh, different European foods, which is pretty cool. Like, uh, that's what I like about the East Coast, I guess, because, you know, my family were more ingrained here. I mean, so there's not much like an imprint in uh, California and the West Coast with stuff like that. It's, you know, a lot of my ancestors oh, I, came I, from I, Ellis Island. I love California. I used to tell them I was out in the truck, is that give it 10 years and it will be like New Jersey. Now, New Jersey sucks, but <laughs> you know, at least that's my opinion. Uh, I ain't that crazy about New Jersey. But uh, I, I I did quite a bit driving in New Jersey here. But yeah, I, I like I like Germany. I didn't much care for the army. Uh, signed up for two years. I spent 19 months in Germany. And uh, hey, you know I uh, I was a real good troop here out in the field here, and uh, one who would say whatever the hell he felt like saying when I was in garrison. So they were a little bit. It's sort of like getting on a forum here. They don't know what the hell I'm likely to say, but, you know, I mean, they can't trust me not to say whatever the hell I want to say. So, uh... Well, you weren't, like, drafted, you volunteered, I guess, however no, long ago? No, you weren't drafted here. I mean, I remember this, I remember this lying retard, uh, Charging Marvin, uh, Reed, who claimed he was drafted. He wasn't drafted. Uh... He was, I mean, pretty well the end of the draft in 73 or 74, something like that. And then he was all volunteer. And it was a pretty well total different army. I was at the tail end of the Carter before Reagan built it up, you know, built it up big time in 1984. But while Reagan was building up at the Carter Army, you just had a whole bunch of well, essentially, they were dumb. You know, most of them were pretty dumb. And so you had a two-year program in the Army. Now, the choices you had were something like 11 Bravo or 11 Bang Bang, which was infantry. Uh, the cavalry had one job, which consisted of driving around in a Jeep in the folded gap and uh, seeing whether or not the Russians were, you know, would shoot their ass down here. And I wanted to be a field artillery surveyor, and that, you know, they said I was colorblind. So, you know, I took the one with the highest deep kicker, which was 15 Juliet 1-0, which was fire direction control for the Lance, you know, a battlefield nuclear missile here. And what happens is that a Scud is about the same size as the Lance here, but a Lance was accurate to within about 10 meters, well, as long as the stupid nigger crewmen uh, put the control surfaces right and made the warhead and the missiles just right. I mean, they didn't put on the, uh, you know, what you would call fins, what I, you know, was called control surfaces. Uh, it'd be, it, it'd act like a bottle rocket, which you, uh, you know, broke the stick on it. It would flop around quite a bit. That's what happened the year previously in Crete. Uh, <laughs> but in any case, uh, yeah, I was fire direction control, which was a 
which was a oh what they were looking for is they were looking for you know young white men who were able to do mathematics and look up logarithms on a you know on a logarithm table and essentially manually manually work out a fire mission within 20 minutes and they had a field artillery Field artillery digital automatic computer made in 1957 with you know, vacuum tubes that weighed 300 pounds and was programmed by running a yellow tape with dots with dots with holes punched into it, which almost nobody knew how to program. And you knew how fire generators. You learned how to set up directional antennas. You learned mainly how to set up camouflage nets. You know, a lance. Yeah, well, Lance battery is what? Oh, about one tenth the size of a infantry company. So you know, and the Russians are looking for you. You're 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 their number one target. So, uh, mm. so you're yeah, told, uh, like where you told how to uh, you know shoot with the rifle and things like that too. Well, yeah, everybody's taught to shoot with a rifle, uh, but on the other hand, some of them would pass and they'd cheat. And, it was called bowling. If you shot less than what? Oh, 17 targets out of 30. Uh, usually I would hit about, oh, around 95. You know what I mean? Which would make me an expert. And I was an expert red and deer, and I was an expert rifleman. And, you know, I mean, I would qualify as an expert. You know, I mean, I'd shoot better than 90% of the targets. You know, usually I'd average about, what, 93, 94, 95. And, you know, I'd made expert in basic training as, you know, throwing grenades. And what happens is that then, since I was the biggest, strongest man in the, uh, you know, in the understrength section, I had the M60 machine gun, which was a pain in the ass. But I, you know, when drafting deer, I shot expert as a machine gunner. So I was an expert grenadier, expert rifleman, expert machine gunner. You know what I mean? Oh, you said M60, like 6-0? An M60 machine gun. Oh, yeah. Well, 7.62 uh, yeah. by 39. They call it a pig. I <laughs> yeah, mean, the, the big ones, right? <laughs> no, the big one is a Browning 30 cal, but you didn't have hardly of them here, but you'd have... Uh, a maw deuce, an ale at M two, an M two Browning machine gun, which was huge. You know what I mean? But you couldn't fire that from the hip. You know, you'd have it, you know, mounted on a ring to a, uh, you know, M one thirteen uh, carrier. We didn't have any maw deuces machine gun. Fifty cal, a fifty cal machine gun is one hell of a machine gun. Oh yeah, one hell of a machine gun. Uh, I mean, heck, you hit, you hit my, you hit anybody anywhere with a damned maw deuce. Uh, I mean, you're going to ruin their day. You know what I mean? Hit them in the body, hit them in the head while they're they're dead. You know, you hit them in the arm while it'll tear it'll tear your arm off or something like that. It's just uh, supposedly it's against the Geneva Convention to shoot people with maw deuce, but I didn't see anybody worrying about it too much. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a 
It's a kick-ass machine gun, but you know, shit, the damn barrel weighs what? The barrel alone weighs about 50 pounds. I mean, it's a big-ass, whole huge barrel. You know, it's air-cooled, and it's not like a, you know, it's not like a M60. The M60 will come with a tripod. It'll come with an extra barrel. It'll come with a, a, a I mean, it'll come with an asbestos glove to change the barrels. Uh, it'll come with a thousand rounds of, uh, you know, uh, 7.62 by 39 NATO round. So essentially, all that shit—the tripod, the extra barrel, the the, the M60, the thousand rounds—why shit, you know, that ca- that weighs over a hundred pounds. That's why you have your biggest, strongest, uh, you know, private. You know, private or spec four, he's the machine gunner. I'm six foot two. Weighed, what, 205 pounds out of basic training. Uh, I'm by far the biggest man, you know, largest man, strongest man in the uh, in the section. So guess who gets assigned the machine gun? Well, hmm. I mean, the rest, you know, then somebody gets assigned the M203, which was a 40 millimeter uh, grenade launcher. You know, underneath oh, the, just like uh, the like a regular rifle, like M16 with the thing on the bottom, I guess. Yeah, big old thing on the bottom here, and that was. Yeah, I never, I, I never really understood. Like when I even now, like when I watch movies and I see like one, you know, one out of one or two out of uh, a dozen soldiers, they'll have uh, that, and I never understood. Like, you know, why do they have that? Is that well, random sure, or? It's your. It, it's your it's your artillery, indirect fire artillery at the, uh, you know, at the squad level. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You see, a rifle, a rifle company will have a mortar platoon, 81-millimeter mortar platoon. That's their inherent organic artillery. And then the battalion will have a heavy weapons platoon with mortars and maybe even up to a 120-millimeter mortar. And then the battalion will have that and then you'll have all the way up to divisional artillery where you will have a whole bunch of 155 millimeter howitzers but you'll also have a few eight inch you know 203 millimeter guns here and they're they're even you know they're super huge and uh you know pretty well our battalion was you know with the 18th uh, field artillery brigade and had what uh an eight-inch unit, two one-five-five units, and it had a uh, it had the lance. And in, in the case of war, it would be it would be since it was a nuclear we- you know, weapons unit, it would be set to the seventh corps. So then it would be attached not to the brigade, but it would be attached to the corps, which is a brigade. What three brigades in a uh, in a division? And the division, you got, you know, two or three divisions into a corps, and then two or three corps into an army group, you know, into an army or army group. So, any case here. So, like, uh, when you were in it, uh, was it like the Cold War when they were kind of uh, worrying well, yeah. about, about uh, not Putin, I'm sorry, but uh, uh, Russia? Well, yeah. Yeah, they would have. You know, the whole idea is they had 350,000 Americans in Germany. And... 
We still have guys over there, but probably not that many, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, about maybe 50,000, if that. You know what I mean? Pretty well, everything, everything was, you know, during the first Gulf War, 1991. Well, see, what happens is that the, the Lance was taken out. The Lance missile system was taken out of Germany by Ronald Reagan making a, cutting a deal with Mikhail Gorbachev to not put in the Pershing II and to take out the Lance in return for the Russians, not deploying their SS-20 and 21 theater, you know, theater nuclear weapons here. So they cut a deal, and you had six battalions in Germany six battalions in Germany, which three of them were nuclear-equipped and three were cluster bomb or HE. I was in nuclear, one of the nuclear ones. And the, the whole idea was that, the, you know, if the Russians poured over the Foley Gap and they're racing to Paris, why, they would release the nuclear forces and you would start World War III with nuclear weapons and it would, you know, it, was, it would be the Lance, you know, the Lance, Battery, you know, battalions who would who would start the nuclear start the nuclear war out here. You know, later on this you know this uh, military occupational specialty, uh, which was very small, very small. You, know, you had less than what three thousand in that MOS. Everybody knew each other. Now it's a larger one because it's part of the multiple launch launch rocket system. And what they've done in, you know, in America, they have replaced a whole bunch of these tube units, 155 mainly, and they did, so they replaced them, which require a whole bunch of men. They replaced them with essentially a truck, which has a crane, which launches these rockets you know, as well. Mm-hmm. Now, the rockets are far more expensive than the artillery shells, but it doesn't require near as much trained manpower to fire them. Okay? Yeah. Do you think there will be a World War Three? I mean, some people say no, and some no, people say no. yeah. No, and I'll tell you why. What, what happens is that the Americans, the Americans are not going to fight the Russians, and the Russians, are, you know, and you know the, the Chinese are not going to fight the Americans. Why should they? You know, Kansas is the breadbasket of Chinese of, of, the, of the Chinese here. What you have is that you have globalism, you have globalonialism, and pretty well what the wars now are is to where. Zog destabilizes these Arab countries and these Middle East countries, you know, on behalf of the Jews. And like they say, uh, it's what fourth generational war. It's just simply a bunch of, you know, bunch of, oh, essentially bandits who are, oh, ambushing, you know, Zog Babylon. I mean, the truth of the matter is that Zog Babylon. Uh, had this false, you know, 9-11 false flag. And as a result, Zog Babylon went nine time zones away and 12 time zones away to Iraq and Afghanistan, and the Zog got its ass whooped by 10,000 professional goat herders and part-time freedom fighters, and they, they lived there, and at the end result, Zog got its ass whooped. The old Bongo said, and he's somewhat right, he said this is the first Memorial Day. 
in 15 years in which there are not American combat troops anywhere. That's true. Yeah. And it's well, not, pulled, I mean, it's not to give credit to him, you know, because just the puppet masters, but still at the same time, it's like people will say, well, yeah, oh, but, but, but I get pissed when people, when people say, uh, when they're so excited, it's going to be Obama's last day in office. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's going to be great. Then you'll just get a Republican, you know, uh, pre- pretending oh, to, get, you know, put the Band-Aid on the wound, you know, instead of just tearing the wound off, you know. Well, you, you might get Hillary, you know, that bitch, but, you know, who knows? Who knows? I, actually want, I actually want that bitch to get in, you know, you, you because know, I, I kind of think worse is better in, in that sense. Like, why not, well, you know? Worse is also worse. You know, you don't know whether you're not going to whether you're going to survive worse. That's why in this you know bowel movement of ours, I recommend. I recommend. Uh, I was talking about Wigger Square, Wheelos, and you know uh, Milton Munster, Don Black, and Alex Dubois Linder, and uh, you know Trader Glenn Miller, and all this sort of thing. The worst thing you could do is run around and put on a Nazi uniform and show your stupid ass with these, you know, with these Zogbots and these losers, you're far better. You're far better, I mean, just for entertainment. This show, really, for all practical purposes, really should be called entertainment. You know, it's, it's, it's sort of a little bit of education here. I'm not trying to awake people. I mean, uh, like I was trying to tell we- you know, Wolfwitz Whaling Wallstein here, can't you go ahead and look at, uh, can't you go ahead and look at Andre the Nigger and tell the critter is a high yellow of some sort here? You know, I mean, don't you know what the, you know, I mean, you would think, well, Wolfwitz Whaling Wallstein, yeah, I would think, you know, living in the district of Congoids, I would think you'd know what the fuck a nigger looks like. <laughs> I mean, you got a lot more of them than you do, Granby. You have one or two. You have one or two coons here, but essentially they're good niggers, and they know not to show their ass. And so you might see them at the Ramies every once in a while, and, you know, he knows and I'm a big racist, and I know it's a nigger, but essentially we don't talk to one another. We have nothing to say to each other. You know what I mean? You know, for my guy, he's not a bad nigger. I mean, he look, he looks like he's a working nigger. You know, so you don't you don't cause trouble over nothing, and that is that is what you that is what you do here. I mean, you you simply stay out of trouble as best you can. You know, that's why that's why uh, old Uncle Tom's Zog Pig is far more dangerous. You know, far more dangerous than. Wolfowitz Wailing Wallstein or Bitch Bubaros or, you know, clattering, you know, chattering Ed, you know, the Pictish clan of Mamsers here. I mean, you know, Uncle Tom is, you know, is smart. You know, the rest of them are just fucking idiots mainly, you know, including Wolfowitz Wailing Wallstein here. You know, he thinks he's real smart. He yaps the stupid shit here. He thinks he's real smart. Yeah, I mean, like I said but, last time we talked, I'm not even gonna, you know, do shows with that with him anymore. Uh, pretty much be around much. I mean, I'll, I'll always, you know, call into this show when I can. Well, but listen, th- that's about well, it, honestly. It's like because all no, the other, 
I don't have a problem with you calling in. But you know, what you do is, you know, this is this is entertainment. But it's I would, just, yeah, I, would I know. Avoid, it's just me, per, it's just me I personally. Avoid. I feel like when I, you know, do these show when I do the shows with with Tom, and even when I listen to uh, what's his name, Wall Street's like shows uh, like last week. It's just it's such a waste of time. It's the same shit over and over and. Talks about watching hockey and golf, and and how about you know how uh, Russians Hockey's are better than what? the Ukrainians, and just the same shit repeated over and over. And then Tom Bowie with uh, your pro-white or anti-white, and it's, it's uh, it gives you it gives me a headache <laughs> to be honest. Well, Tom, you know Uncle Tom's dog pig. He's smart. He's dangerous. You know, I mean? you know, well, uh, you know tomorrow, uh, you know if if. Since I'm not gonna call into his shows anymore, I, I wonder who he's gonna do his shows with now. But you know, I, I really, I really don't I, care. Well, you know, if you want to call in, call in. But uh, the the thing is, the thing is, is that you keep you keep a distance. You, you always keep a distance. I mean, you know, looking at him, I can see a good pig. You know, he's the one who plays good pig. He's laughing pig. And then, guess what? He's sort of like a damned alligator. You know, I mean, you think the alligator is asleep here, and then one day, you know, shit, your your arm or leg, you know, is in the alligator's jaw, and the alligator is heading to deep water to drown your ass here. You know, and please, please, turn me loose. Turn me loose here. You know, and, you know, the critter had, you know, that critter had... Well, I was pretending to be your friend. It had, it has some agenda, and then yeah. you are worried. Exactly. You, are wor- you are worried whether or not you are going to live this, and you're halfway in shock, and you're struggling to live. You know that is, you know that is, that is what Uncle Tom's dog pig is like here. I didn't, I didn't bother calling in SS Johns. I mean. I think oh yeah, I didn't even go on that show. I mean, I'll probably listen to it later because I heard that president called in. Did Did you hear any of it or? Dennis McGiffin. Yeah. You see, what they want to do is they want to be an umbrella. You know, they want to convince themselves they are riding. You know, they're riding their motorcycles for Jesus. They're not. They're riding their motorcycles because they want to ride motorcycles. I mean. If the thing, if a Harley costs five, six, ten thousand dollars, you're not saving money by riding a Harley. You know what I mean? You know, if you're you're not really you're not really riding that motorcycle because you like the speed of a motorcycle. If you want a fast motorcycle, get a Suzuki or a Kawasaki. If you mm-hmm. want the economy of a motorcycle, get a Honda. You know, but uh, generally. This is not real transportation. This the whole purpose of it is to be seen. To have everybody look at you with your jacket and your patches and think about how tough you are. You know yeah, I mean? and I'm kind of getting out of this whole I'm kind of getting out of the whole skinhead subculture thing myself. So, you know, I don't know how to ride motorcycles, but I'm I'm not a person who wants to, you know, get noticed or or something like that. Well, you know? generally Joe, that Harley will cost you money here. I mean, from what I gather, S.S. John, S.S. John has a job. 
you know, he has a you know he has a job now. He he really I don't think he really understands the uh, you know the simplicity or austere beauty of dual seed line Israel identity. But you know he's there because he's Butler's nephew. And uh, they, you know, they got together with Morskelet, and Morskelet will turn on everybody else here because he's the Southern Poverty Law Center area nations. And people get tired of, you know, Gillette's just simply sort of like George W. Bush here. He's a dry, he's a dry, drunken crackhead is what he is. He's self-righteous. He's just a pain in the ass to be around. And since he's a dog bot, you know, when you get word like Anglo Street so true it did three years ago is that hey, you know, here's old Mo Gullet. You know, he's testifying in front of a federal grand jury over what was in this bogus email which was sent and looking to send you back to prison. And old Anglo Mestizo Truett, you know, he's already spent twenty five years for various offenses in Texas prison. He does not want to go back to prison. So didn't didn't Gillette, like, Photoshop himself in a picture with Butler? Yeah, he did that shit here to where, you know, he was he was big buddies with Ray Redfern. And Ray Redfern, you know, I'm convinced, and, uh, you know, the old dead classman who actually was the one who ran things here. Uh, I mean, he believes, he believes that, Zog got tired. Zog got tired of trying to send Redfern to prison for running Aryan nations, or you know, being a felon, you know, with a you know, with a, you know, with a gun when he wasn't supposed to be a gun. So I think they just decided just give him some pure cocaine or poison cocaine, and he blew his heart out here at the age of fifty-four. You know, that was the easiest way. Just give him some pure cocaine and, blah, you know. I mean, from what I gather, his family wasn't known for having heart attacks. But he he died of a heart attack uh, at the age of fifty-four. Well, you you highball enough pure cocaine here, and why it'll just go through your system and blow your heart out, like what happened with Ray Redfern. You know, that was actually the smartest way to you know, go ahead and dispose of Ray Redfern. You know that you know that's why he had this Dave Hall. He was trying, you know, this Dave Hall informant. He was a doper who essentially. You know, Ray Redfern led in because, you know, that's you know, that's why I was talking about old Uncle Tom's Zog Pig Bowie. You know, that's why I was trying to tell, that's why I was trying to tell S.S. John. You know, these damn two Missouri Highway Patrolmen, they were on the ball. So as a result, they rose to high position real high. One was elected president of the unaffiliated militias of Missouri, and the other one was security agent for the 16th Missouri Light Infantry, you know, which was a knockoff of the 24th Missouri Militia. And hell, here's this guy. He's into, he's into creative gunsmithing. He is, you know, he is loading up these damn SKS steel, you know, steel core rounds here. He's drilling out for, you know, instead of having boxer primers, he's using, you know, he's, he's replacing boxer primers, which have two holes with the Burdan primers, which are mass-produced. You know, I, I wonder, why, why the hell are you doing this? These damn SKS rounds cost, what, you know, 15 cents. You're putting, you're putting in, you're putting in to this, you know, to this, what, steel core brass? 
said, well, yeah, it is tough on your my loading dies. I said, why did you do it? Oh, because I want to. Well, what happens? He bought a he bought a uh, what you know MG thirty eight or MG forty two you know a receiver which was supposedly destroyed and only used for replicas. He went ahead and he he went ahead and he welded it back together here and he milled it off to where he had a German MG thirty eight or MG forty two machine gun. Totally illegal. And he has a crazy wife. He has a crazy. He has a crazy wife. And the you know the goofhead wife is talking about divorcing his ass because she's a goofy bitch. So what does he do? Oh, he goes to his friend P.J. Payne, who would who would come in five days after the Oklahoma City bombing. You know, on the twenty third, four days, four days, Saturday. You know, he was there. He was introduced by this piece of shit libertude called Thomas. I call him Judas Knapp. You know, he has a he has a blog. He's a, you know, he's a piece of shit. He's always been a dog bot. I'm convinced. But anyway, introduced him in. So here he gives his what MG38, you know, or MG42 fully automatic machine gun to the Missouri Highway Patrolman. Right, smart. That ain't smart. Them two, them two, I mean, Chattering Ed, a clan of mamses, I know better than, you know, talk to pigs. He's a common law dweeb here. He's an idiot. But, you know, that's what, you know, that's what Uncle Tom, you know, Zog Pig Bowie reminds me of. Them two damn Missouri Highway Patrolmen who came in. Hmm. You know, and, you know, old Uncle Tom, I think, is even smarter than them two here. He's dangerous. So anyway, here comes here comes here comes dumbass Martin. Oh, I'm not going to see you anymore. I said, what do you mean? Well, I, you know, you know how my creative gunsmith. I said, oh yeah. Well, you still messing with them? You reloading them damn crappy SKS rounds here from China Sports or Norinco? Oh, it's not that. So what do you mean? Oh, I. Uh, I put together a German machine gun, and, you know, you know my crazy bitch wife? Yeah. Well, I decided she thought my divorce me, so I gave it to uh, P.J. Payne, who called himself P.J. Payne. And what happens is that, you know, he's a Missouri Highway Patrolman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what happens is the previous month he had overturned Brad Glover and you know, set the Missouri 20 into the first of their, you know, Missouri 20, and then Missouri 13, and ended up being Missouri 7, you know. So, yeah, you know, he, he messed with these common law court dweebs. Essentially, he had you know, him and his buddy up around Columbia had, you know, pretty well just ripped apart, you know, the Missouri militias and the Missouri, uh, you know, the Missouri common law court. And I said, yeah, well, I gave him my machine gun to take care of, and he went to BATF, and it's worked out to where, you know, if I plead guilty, because I am guilty, if I plead guilty and behave myself, I'll get a suspended imposition sentence here. I won't have a felony rap, and I won't get, I won't get, you know, five to fifteen years in a federal prison. 
for making a machine gun. I said, oh. I said, oh. He says, part of my agreement is that I can't be seen with maniacs like you. And I says, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. That means that if I see you around here, I'll assume you're snitching here. You know, and if you see me around, why, that means I'm stupid. And it also means that, hey, you know, I, I can't be trusted because you're not supposed to be seen with people like me. So I guess we're not going to, you know, we're not going to be seeing each other, you know, ever again. Now, are we? He said, No, we're not. I don't want to go to prison. I don't want to go 15 years in prison. So that was the last time I seen him. About a month after, uh, you know, a month after the Fourth of July in 1997. I think it was in August they came over. So, yeah. Yeah, that is. Well, is he, you know, is he still locked up? No, he never went. To, you, know, he, you know, the whole deal was he was not going to be seen. He was going to leave the militia, and if he behaved himself for five years, no more creative gunsmithing, no hanging around, Chris Dandy maniacs or you know militia people. I mean, most of the. Most Maybe he's down in Florida with a Fink or Don Black, you know, hanging out no, at the beach. No, he was, he, was, he, was a, he was a white guy. You know, he was a white guy. I mean, he was, you know, he was really. I mean, he would do stupid shit like reload the stupid SKS, you know. Uh, you know he would just, I'm, I mean, shit, there was plenty. There was plenty of brass, you know, for SKS. There was plenty of 7.62 by 30, you know, 39. AK and you know SKS brass here. Why are you fucking with this steel, with this crappy old steel shit here? Them chinks crank out by the billions of rounds every what? You know, 15 minutes in these big old factories of theirs. Why are you fucking with them here? I mean, you know, about everybody had a fucking SKS here back in hmm. 1993. You could buy, which was actually the better SKS, you could buy reused Chink Army Surplus, you know, which which had a you know, which had an oil soaked gun stock with a orange with orange paint and chipped off like crazy. You could pay sixty five dollars for an SKS or you could pay eighty five dollars for what I called the tourist SKS, which was not as good a gun. But look cute, you know, but look nicer nicer. The better gun was the sixty-five, you know, it was the sixty-five dollar SKS. You know, now the eighty-five dollar would come with, you know, a sort of a bandolier, but you know, shit, you know, I mean, unless you're what a five foot two chink, you know, you couldn't, you know, carry it around. You know, I'm six foot two. You know, I mean, that dang thing ain't gonna fit me. What good is it to me? You get a little, you know, plastic, you know, oil. You know, oil, you know, oil can. Well, who gives a crap about that? The better gun, the better gun was the used $65 SKS. I bought some of them. I can say how many. And, you know, there are some people who bought, what, 20 of them here. You know, it was sort of like a, it was a, it was, I mean, it was cheaper. A $65 SKS was cheaper than a $75 the seventy-five dollar uh, semi-automatic twenty-two. You know, and the ammunition costs what? Twelve, you know, twelve cents. You know, if you bought two thousand rounds, you'd get down to a dime. But then again, the ammunition was not brass. 
It was this military Verdan primed prime shit with two holes in the bottom. You know, with steel, with steel, with steel. The brass was steel. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, that's what it was here. But you could buy the brass and reload the brass. It's a whole lot easier to load it because brass is ductile. That steel isn't. No, you, but then uh, again, did you hear about this new show that came out, uh, Texas Rising? No. Was it a talk show show? No, no, it's it's on TV. It's on the History Channel. Like, uh, you know how they have that series Vikings, and they came oh. out with this new one, uh, Texas Rising. Um, they played uh, like it was last Monday, or yeah, uh, last Monday and Tuesday they had uh, two shows in a row. But I mean, it, it's all right except this uh, Sam Houston, I guess his girlfriend, and she's kind of. I don't really know if it's a historically accurate, but uh, he has some mulatto, he has some mulatto, you know, girlfriend and shit, and so she's like the only black woman in, in in the whole show, and you know, she's just a mulatto, and she fucks him, and then she goes to the Mexican side and fucks with that guy. It's, okay. Of course, they got to throw that shit in there, right? Well, the the yellow rose Texas was a high yellow stick nigger girl. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The yellow rose in Texas, she was a she was an octoroon beater, you know, uh wench here who you know, that was her job was to you know, was to fucking suck here and old Santa Anna, he was caught with a there's a yellow rose in Texas and uh you know, she was a high yellow. She was a high yellow, you know, uh mulatto negro and old Santa Anna, he he's uh he sort of go ahead and pipe up with a little beaner wah with his little beaner wang and you know, hey, you know, I sort of you know, sort of caught Santa Anna with his pants now, literally. You know what I mean? So <laughs> you, you you ever do that? This you know, that yellow rose of Texas was a was a high yellow beaner, you know uh beanerous mulatto. You know, so hey, I'm quite sure. I mean a number of you know, let me see. Uh, Bowie and uh, you know Bowie. Uh, what uh, <laughs> Sam Houston? Why well, he likes screwing engine women here? So I mean, there was a lot of Peter Duncan out on the, you know, out on the uh, in the, you know, on the American frontier. You know, there was a lot of Peter Duncan occurring. Uh, now, most of your most of your. What happens? Texas is barely empty, and so they invited these Anglo's to come in, and they would become Mexican citizens. And it lasted for about oh, about fifteen, twenty years, and then you know, uh, white people outnumbered what few beaners there was. And in 1836, they decided. They decided to rebel against the Mexican government, and that's what Santa Ana and all the rest was trying to bring in these white people who had rebelled in Texas and trying to bring them in. They were called Anglo's even then, as an Anglo-Saxon. You know what I mean? They call all the white people Anglo. They still do, and that is, you know, that it might be somewhat true. Who knows? Okay. So, 
Anyway, <laughs> I'm looking at the tards here. Uh, let's see. It, well, you speak funny. Now it just sucks. Well, you'll have Nimbus or Tards bitching here. Yeah, I got my sort of second win. I got second win people call in. Uh, in any case, uh, the, the biggest thing in the movement was, uh, old Wigger Squill, uh, catching and, you know, firing this, you know, ex-best friend of his, old, uh, Randolph Dillaway. And so it's just come out a certain part of Los Angeles gloating about it. But all these people they're bitching they're bitching about this here. Oh, how did Pierce you what your Pierce would be turning over in his grave. No, he wouldn't be. Pierce got four hundred thousand dollars from Bob Matthews of the order. Pierce didn't give a crap for anybody other than himself here. He was a merchant. He was a very smart merchant, but his great plan was to write great propaganda so that some high-ranking Uyghur general or whatever would find out about the Jews and rebel against Zog, even though he'd been sucking Zog's ass for, what, 40 years. That's how come he got to be a general. That's how he got to become something. And that was William Pierce's notion of effective propaganda. That ain't going to happen. Oh, what's this recent article or something with the the noggers, as you call them? Yeah, well, no, the Nargers ain't even said something. I would think the Nargers would be jumping down on this, but since the Nargers are a bunch of tards, uh, you know, you'd have old Codney talking with old Sanders Pierce, who was William Pierce's younger brother, and old Codney does not like accepting calls. If I was allowed to call in, I'd be saying, well, look, Sanders, how come, how come your brother just didn't give, you know, the Elohim City for Creators. Why did he just simply give it to Billy Roper, who would, you know, he'd still have something because Billy Roper, you know, I met Billy Roper. Billy Roper is level-headed. Now, he's uh, he's married his Christian identity girlfriend or girlfriends or whatever, you know, and now he's following Tom Robb, who I hear is a rather mercenary critter. How come? How come he didn't give it to Billy Roper or give it to you, Sanders? Then you, yeah. then you, then you Nargers wouldn't have to do anything. Why did you give it to Eric Levy? You know, with a stripper wife. Now why did you give it to Levy? Answer? Well, because Zog told him, hey, you know, you got pancreatic cancer. You only have about a month or so to live in. You want to spend your last month here in jail, receiving four hundred thousand dollars of order stolen order money. You know, in which case, we'll just go ahead and close down National Alliance, or you want to give it to an idiot like Eric Levy. He's going to go ahead and waste it all. Now, you know, Pearson cared for anybody or himself. He said, well, fuck you. Do whatever you can here. Why, I'm, you know, I mean, hey, you know, I mean, he, he, you know, he certainly was no Bob Matthews. Pierce was, a, for my guess, he was a physical coward. You know, but, you know, uh, what, uh, Commander Rockwell? You know, from Montaguerre, him and his stormtroopers didn't think that much of Pierce, but, hey, they, they thought they needed an intellectual to write shit. Write real smart shit. So, hey, that's what Pierce was in there for. You know, to appeal to everybody, including the intellectuals, if any. And that's what Pierce was. 
sort of like you know I'm looking at old Kevin out for sperm. Here is a here is a weak-minded you know here is a weak-minded, weak-willed pervert you know who pleads guilty. And from my gather, he wouldn't have been caught if he wouldn't have been stalking some eight or nine year old gookus. That's what brought him to everybody's attention. If he hadn't married all these crazy bitches here who were out to, uh, you know, out to fuck him over too. So hey, they didn't want to destroy Kevin Appenstrom. They want him to plead guilty so that he would be a millstone, a public relations millstone around this crippled national lands. And now Hoyerswell, he's in charge, and, you know, I mean, $2 million in liabilities on what? You know, they, they've lumbered $300,000 of the old, of the good timber off of William Pierce's farm. You know, $2 million, you know, two million off of something that's worth about maybe 400000 that's left. Okay. Hey, that's what you know. That's what that's what it was here. When you know, I mean, Zog Babylon is Hal Turner financing. They pump up Hal Turner, or David Duck, or or uh, Don Black, or that Jew boy Alex Linder. They pump him up, or Hal Turner, and gets a whole bunch of tards, thinking they're going to save the white race. And then eventually comes time to pull the fucking plug. And then once the plug gets pulled, that's the end of that shit. You understand? Yeah, it's becoming predictable now. Yeah, it's the end of that shit. Essentially, what all you have is you have a character who's collecting a crazy check who worked for the CIA and the so-called Special Forces Agent Vietnam, I mean, can you say CIA counter pro? Well, hey, that's what Wiggerswill is. He's just an Anglo Mestizo who uh, beats, you know, beats skanks, you know, notoriously beats skanks here. He had a big fight with, you know, with April Gady, and then he quit because old Pierce probably wants some April Gady, you know, ass pussy from her. My Garrett Pierce, you know, old Heather Gleeby was telling about how old uh, William Pierce, he liked anal sex here. Now, hell, he was screwing this woman who wanted to have a kid by the great William Pierce, and he didn't tell her he hadn't vasectomy for 15 years. So, essentially, she finds out eventually after being piped by old William Pierce. Here, she's 21. She's a sweet young thing. Old William Pierce is enjoying, you know, front and back holes. And, you know, uh, oh, I get, I get pregnant. Well, old fearless leader had his nuts clipped for the you know, past 15 years. He's sort of like Dan John's. He's just in it for the pussy. And what's from the right. Turner Diaries to the Turner Diarrhea? <laughs> well, no, I mean, Pierce was a smart man. But when it came down to it, all these real smart men, all real smart men, there's a problem with being too smart. You end up thinking about nothing other than yourself. And when mm-hmm. you think of nothing other than yourself here, why, oh, no. I'm going to die, but I only got what, another month or so to live. But hey, I'm not going to. T- I'm not going to go ahead and after all these smart years here, turn on Zog Babylon because I'm caught. I received four. I knowingly received four hundred thousand dollars of worth of money. I'm going to go ahead and give it to whoever they tell 
me to give it to, and it's that idiot Eric Levy in a strip of what? That's who I'm going to give it to. And that's what happened. A National Alliance retard is, you know, I mean, essentially it's a creatard without even any of the pretenses to living a godly life that C.I. Dennis pretends to. That's what that's what it is here. It's just simply a self-serving tard who wants to pretend he's elite when actually he's just scum. Yeah, I mean people you hang, like you hang, you hang around, you hang around people like that. You know, it's going to take a toll on you. I mean, I'm sort of, you know, hell, I waited till the last minute because you know because the old Brian Rail is such a repellent. Such a repellent, nasty, serpent seed mongrel that just reading its lying bullshit is you know is exhausting. It's sort of like you're handling a poisonous snake here and you know, even if you don't stink of fangs in, you know, I mean there's gonna be poison oozing out of its pores and you're going to get some of it through your skin and you are going to be sickened by it. And that is what dealing with old sword nigger Brian Reels like. He's just simply, oh, it's just simply a sickening. A sickening. You know, hell. A sickening, slimy, evil critter that dealing with it is odious. And you know the courts are corrupt here, so you worry, am I going to lose my inheritance here through some crooked shit? It doesn't matter what the law is. What am I going to do? And the answer is, you gotta, you gotta keep pressing on. You can't, you know, you can't quit. You can't stop being what you are. You got to keep on fighting and struggling. You know, if you know, if if you're a, you know, if you're a man. Of our people, if you're a white, if you're an Adamic white man, you know, if you're a son of true men, you got to do, you know, what happens, even though, you know, it may not end up well for you personally. You know what I mean? So yeah, you know, that's the way why, I that's feel. Why, you know, lately. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. So that's why. See, you're at the other, you're at the other end here. I mean, you know. uh no, I might have another 21 years left in me, but unless I live to be, what, oh, 115 years old, or 115 and a half, I am on the B side of life. You know what I mean? You know, I don't know if you ever remember these 45, or ever seen these little 45, you know, 45 LPs or, you know, vinyl records, you know, 45s here. You know, they mm-hmm. had side A and side B. And what happens is that you'd have the, you know, they call them turntables, but they're phonographs. They would be playing these vinyl records, and you sell these 45s way back about, what, 50 years ago? You know, I remember buying for, 40, you know, for 50 cents uh, Ray Stevens' The Streak here in 1973. Oh, yes, they call him The Streak. Whee! Look at that, look at that. You know what I mean? And we would, you know, we, you know all those kids chipped in. Chipped in our little nickels and pennies, and we, we okay, we all bought it together, all four of us. 
and we bought, you know, we bought a 45, we bought a 45, you know, 45 record with a streak. I don't know what the hell was on the B side. You know, I mean, essentially, usually the A side would be the one that would be most popular. And then you have a B side. Well, hey, I'm not on the A side. You, you more likely are still on the A side of life here. You know, if you if you have life if you have a life expectancy now, you know when the great tribulation comes, why well, everybody's life expectancy is going to go down quite a bit. But hey, you're 21. Let me see. All right. Well, normally, you know, life expectancy being what 74, 75. Well, hey, you certainly have a life expectancy of living to be 42. You know, hey, you're on the A side of life. Me, I'm on the B side of life. And so as a result, my life path is far more deeper, far more rougher, you know, far more down, far more of a rut. You know, I can't jump out of the rut. I can't just say to hell with it and, you know, leave Roxy and, oh, just simply start a new life here like a bunch of these Americans did, you know, who went to Texas. You know, sort of like Davy Crockett says, hey, Y'all, you know, he lost. He lost the Congress. He said, "Y'all can go to hell. I'm going to Texas." You know, they used to have a little sign here. You know, they used to write in charcoal in the cabin, "GTT," which meant "Gone to Texas." Hmm. And that's what it, you know, that's what it meant here. They went to Texas. So, am I going to Texas? Well, no. No, not that I would want to go to Texas. Like Texas. It was full of beaners. <laughs> and I can <laughs> see them. But anyway, uh, you know, that's what you know, that's a, you know, that's the choice you had to have it. And as a result, you know, I'm in a deep rut. You, Brian, on the other hand, you have far more of a choice. But then again, you are not in any clearly defined path due to previous choices that you have made. Okay? Do you understand that? Mm-hmm. All right? So, in any case, I'm about to be kicked off in a few minutes, so I'm going to go ahead and take a, another break, and it looks like, uh, I'm not sure if Sloptima and Lucifer are gone now or not here. I think we got booted off, so I... Uh, that's what I'd say in chat. Anyway, folks, we will be back in about four or five minutes. Hail victory.
Okay, well, it looks like we still have the Femme, Papa Cat, and uh, Brian, and Zogby, and guest number 30 here. So we're at pretty well the tail end of the show. Definitely on the B side, just as they're about to, you know, you have these grooves in the vinyl record. And the old phonograph needle would just start swinging to there, and then just go ahead and pick up. And if you had a, you know, another platter, another record, it would release whatever. I mean, these analog, these analog uh, machines were were fairly well made or designed by virtue of long use here. You know, my little puppy dog, he's laying he's laying underneath the uh he's laying in my uh computer room or something like that. I might have to get up and check and see whether or not I have to make a uh trip to Springfield tomorrow. And you know, check and see whether or not it gets in the mail because it you know has to be there here. But I hate I so hate dealing with that evil mongrel. And like I keep on pointing out, I I filed six. You know, what happens? Brian Rio refuses to give me the initial disclosures because if it reveals all the bogus DMCA complaints, it is you know under you know, when you're making something under penalty of perjury, you are swearing you are swearing under penalty of penalties of perjury that what you say is true. And so Brian Rio, he's reluctant to lie to a United States magistrate judge who used to be a United States district attorney. But on the other hand, on the other hand, on the other hand, he didn't have a problem with lying to these what? Paralegal at best clerks who hosted three dollar and ninety nine cent a month shared hosting on internet service providers like Hostmonster and 101, you know, 1in1.com and all these here, ones you occasionally see advertised. It wasn't, it wasn't a quality, it wasn't a quality uh, web hosting like DreamHost is. I've not heard a damn thing from DreamHost about Brian Rio. I know Brian Rio was whining and whining and whining and whining and just like he did at first-amendment.net, he's looking for the you know he's looking for the backbone, and they're saying is that hey, go ahead and threaten to sue us all you want, you little mongrel. What happens? We have attorneys, and they will get attorneys' fees, and it's going to cost you five or ten thousand dollars if you fuck with us. So don't fuck with us. So. You know, and that's the way Crisis Host was. I was on Crisis Host for nearly three years. I'd still be on Crisis Host if Joshua Singer hadn't lost his nerve when Ryan Rio says, guess what, you want to be lawsuit number 13 or number 14 uh, of all these lawsuits I have in, what, Lake County, Ohio? And I wrote, I said, you do know he can't sue you. There's no Brian Real pictures up there. There's nothing even conceivably. Make a bogus DMCA complaint about it. He says, well, yeah, I know, Martin, but I'm scared that little mongrel bastard's going to give subpoena on me. 
Besides, you agreed to leave in June 2013, and essentially we we have an agreement. You know, I know you went ahead and put his little Facebook profile up, his little Facebook profile picture up there. And normally we would have three days of DMCA bitching here, but you only got, what, 12 hours now? So you're going to be gone. You're going to be gone in 12 hours, aren't you? Yeah, I'll be gone 12 hours. You know, he gave you two weeks to get rid of me. You know, and, you know, essentially you're telling him that uh, you're kicking me off. You're only giving me three days. You know, he's already bitching here. And essentially, Joshua, you know, when I got on Crisis Host, I told Joshua Singer, you know, he's probably a Jew. You know, with a name like Singer, he's a Jew. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. (laughs) Well, he's, you know, see what happens, you have Jews. You you never trust a Jew. I mean, you always wait for the snap to come out here. You know what I mean? I mean, you can pretend to be a friendly Jew, but there's Jews who pretend to be, you know, just like Tom Bowie. You know, there's you know, there's pigs. They're all pigs. You don't trust a pig, but, you know, you have pigs who pretend to be good pigs, and, you know, they play good pig, bad pig. Well, that's what Jews do. You know, that's why you have Jews for preservation of firearms. No, Jews do not want white people to have firearms because, you know, white people with guns will shoot Jews here if they get pissed off enough. <laughs> but they gotta pretend that they're for constitutional rights. They gotta pretend they're good Jews. Oh hell, we're not all bad Jews. Well, hey, we're just like crocodiles here. I mean, we just fed here, and you know, you're, you're a stupid wildebeest. Why, well, hey, you know, you're you know, you won't, you know, we won't bite you. No. It's like I remember uh, in California one time, my older brother asked asked me. We were kind of talking about Jews, and he was like. Uh, aren't most Jews liberal? And I said, well, it's kind of half and half. I mean, they're on all sides of all issues. You know, I even knew back then years ago, and and it's it's obviously not in my head or anything. It's you know a conspiracy theory. It's it's true. They're on all. You know, you'll you'll find Jews in the feminist movement and and stuff like that, and then you'll find them in even uh like that Pamela Jeller bitch in uh Texas. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, you know, and she, and, and there's probably a lot of white people who are like, yeah, we hate them sand niggers, you know, say uh, when they talk to each other, yeah, we hate them sand niggers, but, you know, they'll they'll still say, oh, Israel, holy democracy in the Middle East, you know. I'm not trying well, to make fun of Southerners in that accent. I'm just saying there's, there's a lot well, of Southerners who are like that, and Northerners like, too. It's like Patrick Buchanan. Oh, hell, he's a Catholic patriot. Oh, yes, he wrote this book, Decline of the West, Suicide of the West. Oh, how we don't don't believe in beaners. Well, guess what? You know, in order to get $12.3 million to give to a sister who had married some Mormons, Pat Buchanan ended up choosing a Looney Tune female she-coon named Isola Foster. I called her Ebola Gates, but she was a better person than, you know, well, better... All around that piece of shit, Pat Buchanan, he went ahead and he denounced me for racism. And then I have, oh, oh no, Martin, don't you know, don't turn on Pat Buchanan, even though he turned on you. And even though these people from Missouri in 1996 said he's going to turn on you, he's a lying piece of shit. You know what cares about Pat Buchanan? Don't believe me, stupid shit, does. We know. We support him in 1996. He was going to go all the way in San Antonio. He turned on us. You know, he went ahead and supported Boobdo. <laughs> You know, he's not even on t- like he's not even on TV anymore. He used to be some like a co- columnist oh, yeah. or no, he was 
know, he was the kosher conservative, although he would talk a little bit about the amen corner here, and you still have these fucking tars yapping about pipe me can. But hell, I didn't, you know, I didn't believe these people who knew him in Missouri, who was the one state which supported him all the way. The vast majority of Republican delegates was, you know, Pat Buchanan supporters. They didn't much care for boob dolt. And they told me, oh, I don't give a shit what you say. He's going to turn on you, Pat Buchanan is here. He's going to turn on you. He turned on us in 1996. You know, you're a fool if you believe Pat Buchanan. Oh, I, I, I can believe him. And he turned on me. He turned on me on what? January twenty seventh, front page of Kansas City Red Star. You know, you know about how you know my views were bigoted, obscene, you know, vile. So he, he named you, know. you by name and stuff. Oh hell yes! He said, you know, and I said I was a Buchananite. You know, I said, hey, I support Pat Buchanan over the there the probots. You know, this Mooney called John Hagee. You know, I call oh. him Patrick Flyers. I support Pat Buchanan. Pat Buchanan turned on me, and you know, here I am, front fucking page of the of the Red Star, mm. and I'm being denounced for being a racist asshole. And well, he's just like a Bill O'Reilly in a way, maybe not his worst. Yeah, he's but... like a, he's a Bill, he's a Bill O'Reilly. He, he he denounced me for racism. Well, yeah, they're my, making a they, huge deal because that uh, Rick Santorum, and I I think there's a. You know how there's like Urban Dictionary that the definitions. Uh, yeah. Rick Sant- you know Rick Santorum. What his last his last name? I guess is like some sort of uh, slang word for like you know anal juice or something like that. Anal juice or something like that. I call him Pat Porto Sanatorium. I mean, he got you know he got he got booted out of his Senate seat about what oh twelve years ago. He was an asshole. He got booted out of Pennsylvania. And now he wants to be president, you know. And yeah, but what, he, what he's, I think he's one of three. You you have this nigger. You have this nigger at ten percent, same as Mike Fuckabee. You know. Uh, yeah, that's what I was just going to say. This uh, so-called, you know, the black neurosurgeon. He's like one in a million niggers, and and uh, what's his name, Ben Carson, and yeah, I think he's yeah. tied with a few other of them. There's, there's like eight main people running for Republican thing. There's probably like a hundred of them by yeah. now. And there's, there's even well, a fucking, there's a woman in there, Carly Fiorona. And, yeah, then, and then they have a nigger in there now, Ben Carson's like, what a joke, man. Well, and I, I never voted too in my life. Like, uh, at, at, before I could vote, I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to always vote Republican. Then when I get to that, when I got to that age at 18, I kind of, already learned, you know, it doesn't really matter. So I was just like, I just never voted, you know, not local or state, federal. I just said, fuck it, fuck it, you know, well, there's no point. Thanks to Trader Glenn Miller, I can't run as a federal or state or local candidate because I'm a, quote, white supremacist. And I was able to get in running as mayor because there's thousands and thousands and thousands of them in the Missouri Department of Revenue don't have time or inclination to chase everyone who's running for super municipal court elections here or municipal elections here. But hey, 
I'm not allowed to run for federal, state, or local office because I'm a quote white supremacist. You know what I mean? And that's thanks to Trader Glenn Miller. And I need to well, make a big deal. Say, hey, guess what? We don't have a Republican form of government. We don't have a valid form of government. I mean, we don't have we don't have electing representatives because if you can, if a party, if a party boss or a secretary of state can say somebody isn't going to get elected, you know, can't can't run, then guess what? If you're wanting to be a white supremacist, you don't have any representation, then you shouldn't have taxation. You shouldn't have to obey a law which is foreign to you. But on the other hand, most people, most people, it don't matter. Why are you making such a big deal? I want to I want to pretend that I'm voting for somebody who's going to win. Well, you're going to win a fucking is what you're going to do. You know, and this is, you know, this is, this is the same here. A country which cannot beat, which cannot beat 10,000 professional goat herders and part-time freedom fighters is a country which, for all practical purposes, why, you don't think the Russians have noticed we got our asses whipped in Iraq and Afghanistan against what? Fourth-rate military powers, fifth-rate, really no military powers. You don't think that people haven't noticed that, you know, from my guy, old Hillary Clinton, some of the shit's coming out about Benghazi. They were selling weapons to, they were selling weapons to what became known as ISIS. ISIS is altogether a Zog false flag, false front operation. It was trying to destabilize the military dictatorship of uh, the Assad regime in Syria. Assad didn't panic. He just simply doubled down and loaded up, you know, loaded up the uh, anti-personnel rounds on the on his, you know, on his old Russian T-55 and 62 tanks, and hey, you know, loaded up the artillery, and what he did is he beat the dog shit out of these rebels because they were, you know, because he had a he had a professional army. No, yeah, I, I like I like Assad. I mean, beat. if you ever saw pictures of his family, uh, like his wife and his kids, they look white, and and he, you know, he well, can even I speak mean, English. Old, I'm not saying he's white. I'm just saying he's no, no, no. But what he is, he acts like white. Him. I guess he acts civilized no, compared, you like, know, to the average Muslim. What happens is that his daddy Hafaz was a was a Druze was a Drew was a Druze here. And what it means is that he was a remnant from these crusaders who came in and they humped they humped the lightest of these Levantines when they were invading. So essentially the Druze are a lighter, a lighter breed of Arab. I mean his daddy was, you know, even whiter than him. He married you know, a darker Arab woman here, but essentially uh Bashir Assad is lighter than most of your what? Uh, most of your Syrians. You know what I mean? But Syria. You know, I mean, he's like a one in ten or one in twenty or something, right? Well, yeah, it's, it's, you know, but they, yeah, so like Mexico. I mean, essentially, the rulers of the Beaners are the lighter mestizos. The rulers mm-hmm. of the Haitian niggers are the lighter mulattoes. I mean, I mean. What happens when you end up having a mamzer? When you end up having a mamzer and you have some white blood, 
know, his IQ goes up by about 15 points. Right? Yeah. Well, uh, I'm just so, saying, even even if he was black as tar, I mean, he still uh, doesn't really, you know, besides that, I mean, he's just no, more no, civilized. He, he's and quite, you know, he's, the same thing with Saddam Hussein. I mean, yeah, he, he wasn't, he didn't look like Assad. And, and Gaddafi, I mean, he was an ugly product of, you know, race mixing throughout generations. Well, but uh, they yeah. were good leaders for their people, you know what I mean? Well... It's like it's like what happened with Arab Spring, which was essentially a Zog, you know, Zog Jew Israeli false flag operation. Mm-hmm. Whenever, whenever they run it here, why? You know, here's 85 million Egyptian, mainly nigger Arabs, United Arab Emirates, no, mainly nigger Arabs. You have 85 million of these Egyptians. And the land, or you know, the Nile River can only support maybe forty-five or fifty million of them. That's thirty million who cannot support themselves. And if they didn't have any imports of cheap grain, they would starve to death. Right? Mm-hmm. So guess what? Who's going to run? Who's going to run? You know, something you know more efficiently—a military dictatorship or? a bunch of pseudo-elected ragheads? And the answer is, is that the Muslim Brotherhood you know, didn't have any support, and they were overturned by the military, new military dictatorship, and that's who's running it? No, that era was free, didn't amount to anything. But here, here you have Assad. He didn't panic. He just got his military, he just got his military guys and their tanks and their artillery, and they just blew away, they just blew away these, you know, Jew-armed and Zog-armed rebels and drove them out. They're not getting to run wild in Syria. They're running wild in Iraq is where they're running wild at. All Zog has done is caused chaos. And in that chaos, you don't have you have just disorder. And as a result, that's what you end up having is misery. Saddam Hussein, he was a brutal he was a brutal piece of shit. But he's the only one that could keep Iraq together in some degree of peace because he was a brutal piece of shit. But everybody knew what happened is he caused trouble you know what I mean? You cause trouble. Well, Saddam was saying you would end up dead. And that would be the end of that shit. Nobody had the notion, like they do today, in Zog Babylon, which is the claim that there's any such thing as rule of law and constipational rule, and that, you know, I mean, hey, I'm dealing with the fact that there is no actual legitimate government, there's no representative government. It's just simply a bunch of you know, judges and pig lice and the rest here running wild, doing whatever the hell they want to do. Yeah, it's that's definitely why, not. That's why, I it's mean. It's definitely not our, you know, government, no, me and you. I mean, some people, are, some people think, oh, it's theirs and in a way it is. But it's for me and you and a lot of others, it's not our government or, you know, we wouldn't be over in the Middle East in these useless fucking wars and all this other useless shit. 
But yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't until what? You know, the Mexican American War was the last war which was designed to do something useful, like oh, take a third of Mexico and give it to the white man to live in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That was the last. That was the last war which had anything in it for white people. What eighteen forty seven? Hell, it was what? Less than what? Oh, let's see. Less than 70 years? You know, 65 years from 1776, something like that. So what? 70 years. You know, 70 years. One lifespan. There was there was a, uh, you know, to start a civil war, there was this guy who was, what, 100 and, you know, 104 years old. And he had been a soldier in 1776. Here he was, an old man in 1861. So, for a while, it looked like the, quote, American experiment would be over with. Within, what, four score and seven years? Within, you know, 70, 80 years. Zog Babylon was going to be destroyed, but it wasn't, you know, Yahweh's will that Zog Babylon be destroyed in the Civil War. Robert E. Lee could have won. Well, no, he wasn't going to win any more than Hitler was going to win. You have two seed lines. You have two seed lines. And Yahweh has preserved both of them. You have a satanic seed line. And you have creatures like William Fink and Eli James and Dan Johns and Jeremy Visser, and uh, you, know, you have all these you know, evil seed lines, and they want to pretend to be us. And you have the good seed line, and as a result, most seed lines have been preserved. And now it's coming to the time of the end when the wheat will be harvested and the tares will be burnt. It's all coming. It's coming to a head. Now the question of it is, is who are you? You know, I mean, a racist is someone who knows who he is. You know, I mean, there's not much doubt that I'm a throw-going racist. So... No, I understand who I am. And so as a result here, why you know, there might be there might be some little surface choice here, but when it comes down to it, there really isn't any choice. You can you, you can go with who you are and act accordingly, and that's why Jews do what they do. That's why the sons of Adam do what they do. And it's altogether a matter of who or what you are as to how you act. Okay? Uh, Simple enough, right? Simple enough. Really, really anything that is true is really pretty simple here. You know, right and wrong, good and evil. You know, it's when you end up having... It's when you end up having a mixture is that there's confusion and there is no such thing as good which has a little mixture of evil in it. 
you know, any more, any more than, hey, you know, shit, you know, is leavened by a little bit of chocolate ice cream or chocolate ice cream is chocolate ice cream when it has just a little bit of shit in it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You no, know, no. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, one way or the other, things definitely. Are, think, things are simple. Things are really simple. There's right and wrong. And if you're an Israelite, you're an Israelite. The law of Yahweh is written in your heart. I remember when, oh, he had a tedious tar named Joe Pennsylvania, but he, you know, he pissed off Fink by saying, well, if the law of Yahweh is written in our heart and all Israel shall be saved, what do we need you for, Baal Fink? <laughs> Baal Fink liked to have had a shit fit. What do you need Fink for? Well, that well, was kill your mind. local Puerto Rican, I guess. Well, kill you. I mean, <laughs> that's what that's what old Willing Wolf Watwitz, you know, Steen says. Well, you have something against you know, think killing Puerto Rican? I said, hell, he you know he killed, you know, he killed a Jew boy or wigger like you here if he thought he could get away with it, and he wanted to. I mean, and also, he, he's, a t- he's a type that calls for unity, and um, you know, and then he said, uh, "Your kike Jew Bible and uh, stuff like that." Uh, oh, I mean, he, you know, I'd be asking, "What, what is a kike Jew?" Oh, it's the leadership of the Jew. I mean, if it's the Jew leadership, so you mean that a smaller Jew, a self-loathing Jew boy, he's no longer a Jew because oh, he's a. Uh, you know, he's uh, pretending to be a good Jew now, so he's no longer a Jew because he's able to pretend he's you know, he's good. You want to talk? I mean, about I, I see I see people all the time. You know, um, uh, on this uh, chat room I used to be on, or this you know broadcasting thing, the Renegade. We all call it like Renegade now, but uh, you know, yeah. all of them there. They're all of them like they're anti-Christian and. And they think they're so cool about it. Yeah, I mean, some of them are into the, you know, Nordic stuff, but they're not even really into Odinism or paganism. They're, they just, they just, they just, they just parrot, uh, you know, anti-Christian things like, yeah. uh, you know, oh, oh, it's a dead Jew on a stick, like what Linder yeah, would say. Oh, the fuck, you know, that's that's not real Christianity. I mean, they don't even well, have a. They think they're they so smart, but they don't even learn what it really is. I mean, the true Christianity. They don't. They don't know. You know, they don't know what Wodenism is. It, to them, it's just simply some. You know. Some yeah, I mean, prison, I was sort of into it too, art, but that was when I was still art. a teenager. I grew up. I mean, you know, it's like, yeah, just like our race kind of grew up from uh, from that to uh, you know civilized. Things that doesn't mean I'm a Christian or you have to be a Christian, but uh, to bash it all, I mean, yeah, to the mainstream so-called well, Christianity is worth bashing, but uh, you know, I, I someone see, if someone see I, I mean, it's it's like you know, I just I just hate all that when they say, oh, you know, they, they, they want to be Jews and stuff, and all it's like it's bullshit. Well, I mean, thank you. CI, he's a CI desk. He's not a wannabe Jew. He is a Jew trying to hide the fact he's a Jew. Same with Eli James. But you know, I remember that blowhard. I think he's pretty real. You know, right now, I think he's uh, working at an Indian timber camp or salmon cannery in Alaska. I mean, come on. How many 65 year old you know, white men have a guaranteed job every year in Alaska? The answer is, well, you have to be an Indian to be that here. Of course, if you are an Indian, you are expected to work for your tribal benefits 
at the tribal cannery, at the tribal timber camp. You know what I mean? And therefore, that's where old bitch Buberos is. He is, he's in, he's in, he's in Northwest Indian. It's what he is. You know, and he's not fooling you. Know, I mean, he's not fooling anybody. He doesn't want to show what he really looks like. He doesn't understand anything. But, you know, remember him yapping about all this, you know, wokeness. And I says, well, uh, really, really, if you want to talk about what happened for, what, 200 A.D., you really ought to worship Nertheus. Nertheus was the original god of the Germans and Scandinavians. You know, in the case of Scandinavians, you know, Nertheus was a hermaphrodite. It was nothing more than the Bell cult of Sibylle or Eoster. You know, I mean, you know, called Ishtar. But it was also, you know, known as Eoster, you know, by the Germans. You know, Easter. That's mm. where the word Easter comes from. It was worshiping Ishtar or Eoster. And what it was was a fertility goddess. So let me just ask you, what you know, what good do you want to worship? You want to worship to where you're going to see, you know, some pregnant heifers, you know, being, you know, being, you know, being drawn to a sacred lake and a sacred grove on the island of Zealand, where they're going to, when they get there, they're going to slit the throats of the pregnant heifers, you know, draw on the ox cart and the pregnant. You know, the pregnant you know, high priestess, and then the male priest will burn their bodies on the sacred altar, you know, in the sacred forest, on this sacred island, in the sacred lake, or whatever. You know, I mean, you know, what, the, what good does that do anybody? In the case of Wodenism, in the case of God King, you had to be descended from a certain family. A religion was not something. Religion was not something you chose. It was something. It was a particular, you know, duty that you inherited. If you had three bad, four, you know, you know, harvests, three famines, why your throat would be slit and you would be, the, you know, set to go to the sky god to talk to your father. So in many cases, yeah, it was nice to be a king, but, you know, I mean, heck, it had a lot of dangers to it, too. And you had, in the case of the Babylonians, you had the case of the Germans and, you know, uh, Scandinavians. You had this God-King worship. So does any does anybody, you know, know you don't know what was really there? No, they're just reading something that they see in a comic book. And then they want to pretend that's the original Aryan belief. And it wasn't. They have no idea what the hell they're talking about. At all. Yeah, it it's so, kind of reminds me of like 14-year-old goth kids, you know. Uh, yeah. Well, well, with, 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 you know, 14-year-old uh, boys with black lipstick and, and shit like that. It's it's uh, and same with Bowie and, and Rich or whatever the fuck his name is, uh, Uboros. Um, I you know, they, they talk about unity all the time, but and same with Wall Street, but they'll say, oh, the Kaiju Bible. It's like, really? You know, you, well, they, they're not into 
They're not into really unity. They're into playing at being something here. So I like Quigger Swill. And we always benefit the I log bot. Now he he went ahead and you know didn't like Eric Levy, but then he goes and he gets his compound and now he has precisely he's just a Zogtard. And now he's you know, he's running around. He brought in this character who was his buddy. And his buddy was a dingbat who betrayed him. And now he's talking to the Southern Poverty Law there, but I'm going to sue him here. No, you're not. No, you're hmm. not. So, you know, hey, but then again, the Nargers, well, hey, they don't know how, they don't know how to solve anything. I mean, essentially, this is, this is just a rudderless ship with, you know, I mean, there's there's really what you're doing is you're running, you know, a day camp for essentially retards who want to say the special here, <laughs> and that's you know that's exactly what it is. I'm a white nationalist, okay. So what's the program of white nationalism? Well, it's running around and holding a rally and showing your ass and being all pro-white and. You know, they're pro-white or anti-white. <laughs> okay. So what the fuck does that mean? Exactly. What the fuck does that mean? You know, do you understand what it means? I mean, Tomboy didn't like me. He didn't like me, and here I am. I'm making fun of Wolfwitz Wallstein and Wolfwitz Wallstein. Oh, that list is really smart. He's just an asshole. You know, he just can't get along with anybody. And that may be true. But what are you what are you supporting Carolyn Yenta for? What are you why are you talking about if you support, you know, Tom Metzger? What are you talking about Wall Street for? I mean, I didn't know most of these Bolsheviks love Wall Street so damn much. Why, you know, what, what, what the hell, who the hell are you? What the hell are you? What do you actually believe? And it's just a pastiche of, it's sort of like a, it's sort of like a magpie's nest here or a pack rat's nest here. It's just a whole bunch of shiny shit, which essentially doesn't hold together. So what do you have? And the answer is you just have a bunch of shiny shit. You know, put together by a, you know, by an idiot with the, you know, with the mind, you know, the bird brain of a magpie or of a pack rat who's just putting together a bunch of shit that doesn't tie together at all. What the hell's the point to it? What the hell is the point to it? No, there is none. Well, yeah, I mean, Pierce, you know, Pierce, I mean, they admit that Pierce got money. From the order, stolen money from the order. Pierce was able to put it together. Pierce, you know, but then again, Pierce only looked after after Pierce. And so you have a bunch of people who come in there and they are looking for leadership and they follow William Pierce. I remember this one character. Very sort of, very sort of you know, sort of betrayed me by 2005, but hey, uh, I want to go see William Pierce. 
let's say I go ahead, I go ahead and pay your way to go visit him in West Virginia. I said, I got a better idea. You're the one who wants to see Pierce. Why don't you take the $300 and why don't you go visit Pierce? You go visit Pierce. You obviously find, you know, visiting Pierce a lot more value than I do. Why don't you go visit Pierce? He went, you know, he went and visited Pierce. He had a fine time. Me? I mean, Pierce, you know, Pierce would have seen me and I would have seen Pierce and we would have both looked askance at each other. We probably would have been polite. No, he was kind of, hey. well, from what I heard, he was kind of like a Jared Taylor, like sort of an elitist, like, you know, thinks well, his shit doesn't stink. He's really smart. He's really fucking smart. He's smarter than you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe he is. What good does it do you, Pierce? No, so there's what still you, a lot you, of smart what, people what, what who don't, you, you know, you yeah, put themselves running, on, on pedestals like maybe what he yeah. did, as I'm saying. You're running, you're running an Halloween city for creatards. That's what you're doing. You're running, I mean, essentially you have April KD, so here, you know, I mean, guess what? Now you have, you know, the bride of the multitude here. You know, you have the, you know, you have the, you have the free whore. You know, uh, you have a bunch of people who are digging ditches here. You know, you got your faithful retainers. And you got a few little meerkats like Hatting, a few Anglo Mestizos like uh, Old Apocalypse, and you got a few, oh, hillbillies like uh, Chris Drake, and they're coming and they're worshiping you, and that's fine. But other than that, what do you got? What are you ever going to have off of that shit? Hmm? Answer: Nothing. <laughs> yeah. Is that what? Is that what you want to? Is that what you want to do? Essentially, run a romper room for create cards. I mean, okay. You're going to write wonderful propaganda so that people who have sold themselves to Zog Babylon for the past thirty years are going to say, "You're right, William Pierce." I need, you know, I, I read I read Pierce's book, Hunter. Pierce was fascinated by Chris and I you know, by Chris and Dante. Pierce was fascinated by Joe Paul Franklin. Hmm. But Pierce wouldn't have been able to control a Joe Paul Franklin. I mean, someone who actually actually went out and did something. Pierce, oh, would yeah. Pierce would be uncomfortable, and as well he should be. I, I think actually the last like, one, the one of the most recent, you know, biggest last I had uh, by myself, I was watching, I think it might have been a HBO documentary on uh, Don Black and, and his son. This was like yeah, uh, fact, 20 years ago, fact. maybe. Yeah, and, and I think they, I think they had Joe Pulse Franklin in it, and, uh, and if it wasn't, it was some other interview, and they asked him. He had these two white girls, and he kind of, I guess, for some reason, pulled over, and you know, this was coming from his mouth too, not like a some random narrator, and 
and he said that there was, you know, two white girls, uh, you know, young white girls, maybe around my age at the time, in their 20s. And uh, and he asked one, he asked them both, I guess, asked uh, one before that. He was like, oh, have, have you ever, like, fucked a nigger or something? Like, or maybe he didn't say it like that. Have you ever slept with a black man? And she said, yeah. And, and then the other one, uh, he said, have you ever slept with a black man? She said, no, but I would, you know. <laughs> so I guess he pulled over the side of the road and, and uh, killed them both. And, um, when I when I saw that, I mean, e- even if that's not the way it happened, but I laughed pretty hard <laughs> when I, just the well, way he described he, it. <laughs> he did what he did here. I mean, he was, you don't want to have people. You don't want to have, you know, I mean, people like that. You can't control them. Well, those are the, the type they, of people I wouldn't want to control, you know? The, those but, are the people yeah. I would want to have well, all the all of the uh, power to do that times, you know, a million if they could. No, these people, these people are dangerous maniacs here. There's no controlling them. And but, I, I mean, they're not going to come after, I mean, say a Joseph Paul Franklin, he wouldn't come after us because we're both well, white men, no, we're not no. race mixing. I'm saying if he did, well, yeah, if yeah, he I, did I, what he did. I, I, under, I understand that, but on the other hand, why he is not, he's not someone you want to be hanging out with here. He's, no, yeah. probably not. I mean, yeah. Nope, no, no probably to it here. I mean, he's a dangerous, he's a dangerous lunatic. Hmm. That's exactly what he was. But on the other hand, he is useful. He is useful because he is really a lone wolf maniac. That's exactly what he was. He was a dangerous he was a dangerous character to be around. You didn't really want to be around him. You know, there would be nothing good that would come of it. But on the other hand, why, hey, one one little joke here I said is, what's the difference between Joe Paul Franklin and uh, Darren Wilson, or Daryl Wilson? Mm, Maybe Daryl Wilson didn't enjoy shooting his nigger. (laughs) No, no, I mean, hey, you know, Joe Paul Franklin was really nothing more than a nigger poacher because he didn't have a license for the badge to kill niggers. (laughs) He was a nigger poacher. You know, I mean, shoot, he uh, well, he killed more of them than you know Daryl Wilson too here. But someone like someone like Joe Paul Franklin, you know, has you know he has he has self discipline to carry out his goals. But there is no there is no putting someone like that in an army or. Anything you're going to be able to control. I mean, he is altogether a force of chaos. Mm. That's what he is. He's chaotic. And so as a result... Well, I, I mean, I believe you. I just don't know much about him, just besides that story. No, I, I, mean, you know, no, I, you know, I was going to... You know, I wrote him a letter, and probably it's probably in Zog's little thing, because I have no doubt they kept it here. I don't know if he ever received it. You know, I was disappointed because he went and asked him out, Trader Glenn Miller, and Trader Glenn Miller got my interview at Southern Poly Law Center, and poor old Joe Paul Franklin went ahead and was begging for his life here. You know, and if I, I said, shoot, you know, look, Joe Paul, uh, don't have any remorse. 
No, they're going to they're going they're going to go ahead and you're going to be riding the fucking needle. In fact, you're more likely to live if you don't have remorse. Because if you pretend you have remorse, I mean, essentially, you're just nothing more now than a criminal. Whereas if you are, whereas if you are a monster, mm-hmm. you 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 know, I mean, you know, they're not going to kill you any more debtor for being a monster than for being a weak-minded criminal. You know, who killed a bunch of niggers and, you know, mud sharks and shit well, like that. Was he eventually put to death by uh, the state oh, or yeah. whatever? Oh, yeah, well, see, no, they, you know, they went ahead and gave him a, you know, a stay of execution. And then the, uh, then the nigger Clarence Thomas, who was the Supreme Court one for the Eighth Circus, came back and said, well, fuck that, you know. Go ahead and fry, you know, go ahead and, you know, fry the cracker. And that's what they did here. You know, old Clarence Thomas, he's the one in the Supreme Court. He went ahead and overturned because they said, well, I think that Joe Paul Franklin is nuts. Well, yes, he is nuts. I think he's nuts. Well, yes, he is nuts. Well, what, the there fucking nigger comes along and he tries to get some vengeance on Whitey or what? Well, no, he's just a nigger. I mean, how? I mean, he, you know, I mean, you know, Clarence Thomas, why he, you know, he's a nigger, which has a, uh, you know, support by Jack Danforth here, piece of shit, you know, piece of shit uh, politician here. You know, old Jack Danforth was flying like a pussy when this state auditor who was a Jew boy went ahead and shot himself, you know, uh, earlier this year. Boo-hoo-hoo, boo-hoo-hoo, boo-hoo-hoo. You have, you have a piece of shit named Catherine... Hanaway, who used to be a United States District Attorney for the Eastern District, she's a she's a bitch piece of shit. She's hired. So that's what you know. That's what you have. That's what you have. And so this Jew boy, he got word that you know some of the Republicans were saying were were pointing out that his grandpa was a Jew boy. So he's a Michelink. So hey, you know he you know he he goes ahead and he he goes ahead and. You know, decides to eat a bullet. So he puts a pistol in his head, pulls the trigger, and, you know, scrambles his brain and, you know, his Jew brain. And, you know, I mean, boo-hoo-hoo, boo-hoo-hoo, boo-hoo-hoo from Jack Henry. <laughs> well, fuck that. You know, hey, you Republican cocksuckers, maybe y'all let me run. You know, open racist as Republican. No, they ain't going to you know, let me do that. You know, they're no damn different than Democrats when it comes down to it. But, uh, hey, that's the sort of, you know, that's the sort of lawlessness we have in this country. You know, that's, you know, I mean, you tell the truth. You know, you're a dangerous maniac in this country. That's exactly what the hell you are. Anyway, it's about, it's probably about time. I'm going to be shut off in about 10 minutes, so I'm going to go ahead and start winding down. Do you have anything to say, you know, in closing, Brian? Um, got four people listening anyway. Well, uh, you know, I listened to your show uh, you did with, uh, what's his name, Virgil. I listened to that. That was pretty funny. He kind of, uh, oh, I re-engineered that show. That's why I'm not yeah, saying. well, he was drinking uh, a little or quite a lot. I mean, he, he no, said he wasn't. I, I, he I said he drunk. wasn't drunk, and then he passed no. out. That was pretty funny. No, no, he, you know, he, he, he wasn't Virgil drunk when he talked to me. He talked to me. He wasn't Virgil drunk. What's Virgil? <laughs> he told me I'm fine. Oh, it's when I pass out. Well, you know, he was supposed to call old uh, Slop and Femna 
get her on the line because he wanted to do a show. So he, he decides to call Swaptima, and eventually he passes out. So I did the last half hour by myself because guess what? Now he's virtual drunk, which means he's passed out. You know what I mean? And I listened to it, and I was appalled at the, you know, at the quality of the recording. So I went ahead and I re-engineered the show. And I need need to re-engineer Sunday's show, and I'll need to re I'll need to re-engineer, you know, tonight's show. Okay. That's why I'm having pauses every so often, and that's why I'm going to go ahead and uh, not run it for a full five hours so I can uh, essentially put some music in between these pauses. So anyway, was that was that interesting? It was just simply Virgil. He wanted a special show. Virgil. Yeah, and, and, and just one, one last thing, uh, if you don't mind, just real quick. Um, oh, I... I kind of uh, have to get some sleep soon because tomorrow um, we're opening our pool. You know, we're renting this house, my parents and I, and uh, uh, we're opening this pool in our backyard. And it's going to be the first time I ever have a, even though we're renting the house, it's an old house, uh, more than a hundred years old. It's kind of remodeled and pretty, you know, cool condition. Uh, but there's an in-ground pool. I think it was built in 93 when I was born. So it's a, 20-year-old pool, um, you know, in-ground with a diving board, uh, real, like, springy, too, not like a stiff diving board. So, yeah, I'm going to have to wake up sort of early and uh, meet the pool guy and, and kind of, uh, you know, probably get a, uh, a pad and a pen and kind of write down all the different chemicals and how to, ma- you know, keep it maintained, so... Looking forward to swimming again. It's been a long time, so and so I probably won't. You know, I'm I'm not even going to be on the computer. I guess uh, all tomorrow. So uh, you know, whatever happens, Tom Bowie. I guess I'll have to get Ed Chattering Clan or someone else because I'm yeah. just done calling into those shows. And yeah, you know, I should swim too. It's good exercise, also. <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong. With enjoying yourself, there's nothing wrong, as, you know. But do not take them serious. And Tom Bowie, you know, he is a dangerous dog pig here. He's smart, and it's sort of like if you're a wildebeest here crossing. You know, I don't know. You see those nature films here. You see these wildebeest, and they're running the gauntlet with these crocodiles. And generally, it's best to hang back until they've gone ahead and killed the other wildebeest here to where now they're stuffed here. They're not like weasels. You know, know, crocodiles ain't like weasels. They're not going to kill more than what they think they can eat. So, hey, you've got to wait till the crocodile is fed before it's safe to enter the pool. And that's exactly what the old Uncle Tom's odd pig boy is like here. He He is a predator. And, uh, you know, I mean, Bish Buberos, he's a tard. Ed Shattering Clan of Mamsers, he's a hypocritical lying tard. But old uh, Uncle, you know, I mean, Wolf with Wall Street, he's somewhat of a tard. But yeah, hey, pretty much they all are. I mean, uh, th- that's why I'm, you know, I got rid of my uh, username. I mean, you can't delete it, but I uh, kind of changed the password no, there and, and no, stuff like that. Because, you know, I'm just, I was... I've been pretty sick with uh, most talk show shows lately, but, you know, I'll always call into this one when I have a chance, though, for sure. 
Okay. Well, that's good. Anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and call it a night here. Uh, here in Southwest Missouri, uh, today the superintendent of the Joplin Missouri School District quit, and so did two or three board members here. You know what I mean? So I, uh, you know, I, uh, I, I got a chat. You know, so well that that was for good old cousin Randy Turner. So I was sort of gloating about that because I don't really much care for any of the bastards here. You know what I mean? So anyway, I uh, I got on. I said it's me again, Anson. You know, his name was Anson, so I spell A N T S S O N. The local white supremacist. I hate Turner nearly as much as you do, Anson. Don't have the don't have the bromance that you and the Huster and the Royster had though. And I'm sort of glad that Randy Randy Turner won't be sinking you know, stinking things up the clan rally at the you know, at the Newtonia sheep farm no more because once cousin Randy seen the lights of Gay Juplin, then he ain't coming back, or at least not unplugged. <laughs> but there's no getting around things. They is what they is. Turner Tards rule and you have Tards drool. It was an absolute total victory all around for those with soft hearts, softer heads, and softest peckers. Good bag, I's an optimist, and love it. You know, I love it best when shit is all fucked up. Don't worry. Another strong untermensch will will come along for you to play virtual XO to and and, you know, and your mangina will be fulfilled. It's in the nature of things. Hell victory. You know, Doctor Pastor Martin Luther Drzewski, MD, the Mad Dog, Church of Jesus Christ Christian Air Nation, Missouri, senior resident at the St. Gustavus Adolphus Clinic of sixteen thirty Swedish homeopathology. So in any case <laughs> I think Anson went ahead and left it up. It it was not very polite to poor Anson. You know, but Anson is a he's a seventy four year old tard who uh was the XO aboard a nuclear submarine. Essentially he just he just you know he just loves playing XO. He just loves being what he is. You know what I mean? And you gotta understand as much. Yeah. So in any case, I'm gonna go ahead and call it a night. I'm gonna go ahead and say, Hail Victory, may Yahweh bless and uh I guess good night here. Let me see. I'm trying to <laughs> Thanks for having me on, brother. Okay. Hail Victory then. Alright. Hail Victory. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.